The following episode of Max Level is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for June 24th, 2019. On today's show, Angry Pug made the local Kansas news. The crew goes in-depth with Cadence of Hyrule, My Friend Pedro, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and 1980X. We're also talking a hypothetical Hulu-like service for gaming subscriptions now that all of these companies are coming out with their own services. All of this in the usual fun segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. I woke up to my two-year-old peeing on my Switch this morning. <laughs> That's what I think of your Nintendo Switch, Dad. Why don't you Why don't you teach me how to fish instead of playing video games, you degenerate a-hole? <laughs> was, was it? Oh man, did he Did he actually move it? Did he actually like position it so he could pee directly on it? It was on the bathroom floor. <laughs> so good. So, so what did you do? I uh, killed him. <laughs> He's dead. Did you put he it in rice? He doesn't exist anymore. No, I, he, so he didn't pee like direct. I think he, he can't stay off of it. So it sits on the charger next to my computer in the dock next to my computer. Then he picked it up off of there while I was still in, in bed and then was carrying it around because he's... <sighs> It's, he loves it's nonstop. It. Yeah. And so then he went and set it on the floor in the bathroom and because he had to pee and couldn't get his underwear down fast enough. Uh, that's I've been there <laughs> and that was like last week. So I, I've lived that dream. <laughs> Frank, you've peed on your switch. Not, not on my switch. I, I peed on things <laughs> like R. So Kelly. Many things. On things. So many things. All the things. But if you didn't know, this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. We're four friends that enjoy sitting around on a Saturday morning discussing our biggest shared passion, video games. Joining us on this episode, we have Sleeping Beauty himself. It's Frank. Took you a while to wake up there. You're still asleep. I wanted to still be asleep. Well, sorry, I was playing video games until like four in the morning. Yeah, I, I wish I was playing video games instead of just laying there not being able to sleep. It would have been more enjoyable. <laughs> Next up over there in the booth, we have the man. I didn't prepare anything. All I have is Sleeping Beauty today for Frank. I'm sorry. We have Sean in the booth. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on. Pause for a second. Let's. Are we going Disney? What's going on here? I mean, I guess I could call you. Uh... I'd like to think that <laughs> I'm, the, like, the show's, I'm like the show's version of the Ratatouille. I'm small and unassuming, but I make great things. You know, well, we can go or, with that. Are we talking like also my favorite, my favorite Pixar movie? Whatever you On want, the magic dude. carpet from Aladdin. You're Ratatouille. All right. Well, you know, in that case, let's just get this going. <laughs> Guess got safe. I mean, Kyle just did uh, Disney song requests on Twitch not that long ago. I wanted to pop in on that so bad. And a Ratatouille song came up. Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of Kyle, there he is over there. No, I don't know oh, what Disney character. Good morning. Morning. I'll be, uh, I'll be Wally. No, Wally. no. Wally. You are Aladdin and you will always be Aladdin. <laughs> you oh. are, you beautiful man. Dude, it's a whole new world. 
And uh, as always, I'm your host, Brian. Oh, man, Brian, I can't even think of what I need to play for you. Get that crap out of here. That's okay, man. You know, you don't usually, because I normally move on so quick after that. So I don't usually give you a chance to play a sound clip after that. Special shout out to Dance for the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. I got to change that terminology sometime because it technically isn't a video, but they can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. We need, absolutely need those ratings and reviews, please, because uh, I want more people to discover the show. Be I want to climb the charts. I don't want to climb a ladder. Ladders terrify me, but the charts. Yeah, charts, charts are good to climb. Charts are good to climb. Sean, I want to kick to you, though, because you brought something to my attention the other day that I didn't even know was happening. But then I looked into this, and this is a great freaking story that uh, that is definitely worth talking about so what did you stumble upon all right so for those of you guys who are connected to the real world you know that sometimes the news messes up and when they do no one wants to acknowledge it but they have no problem calling other people out so here we are we've got a new station called kwch um 12 i believe they're out of kansas right yeah some, somewhere over and, in kansas and so they're local news and they're i believe a cbs affiliate on their website, they had a article or editorial piece on protecting your children when they play video games. And so the premise of the, the whole deal is with your kids out of school for the summer, they're spending more time playing video games. So they're trying to warn people about predators and scammers who are trying to get money out of your kids. Right. Because gone are the days of going into an AOL chat room and saying ASL to somebody like it's just <laughs> it's, it's like 10 times higher now. Right. So anyways, they have to show something. They're putting out a video. So what do they show? They show a clip <laughs> of Dead by Daylight, which number one, we play that on this show. And we all know if you play Dead by Daylight, there's like 2.5 average seconds between after every match where you could chat to somebody <laughs> right to to be fair it is a predatory online game you are playing against a predator almost <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but they didn't release a killer that's like what's your credit card number like it, no, none of that why don't they sense. do that why don't why isn't that a thing like the financial scammer, that would be the best if they released one of those. But oh my um, god, you chase by the dude, it's just you're running from the IRS. <laughs> it's just a guy with a clipboard. He hits I play you that it. game in real life, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! So, anyways, funny thing, they used a picture of Angry Pug to do it, and so. Angry Pug, of course, has a great following. He has a great community, and we're people actually huge all fans over of the United States. Show. Like Sean I and I watch watching him Angry all Pug. the time. Yeah, Sean and I watch him all the time. I plug him without shame because one day if he hears it, he at least knows how great he is. And so, anyways, back to the story. Uh, they used his picture. They used like a little bit of a screenshot of him on the computer typing or whatever uh, and uh then it's a end of the match screen for dead by daylight and they're talking about protecting your children from people like predators while he's on the screen okay so so imagine imagine someone using a news clip of you and talking about like child predators how does that make you look you know and so anyways story is that he actually caught wind of it right so he he um 
he reaches out to the station and says, Hey, like not cool. Basically I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to represent anybody in a long, wrong light, but they said something to the lines of you're right. That sends the wrong message. We'll take it down. We meant no harm. (laughs) And the guy's like, no, like that's not good enough at all. So I think he's getting a lawyer and moral of the story is like, the reason why we brought this up is as video content producers, you know, Kyle is on Twitch, you know, anyone could pull his Twitch VODs or any of his live footage and air whatever they want on it and use him as a poster boy. Right. And please anyone do. Anyone could. <laughs> right. <laughs> Twitch what TV the, underscore Bruce deduce, right. What if they take the Bruce father out of context? It, that's exactly what we're talking about today, right? So any of our content from Level Down Games, any Twitch content, any YouTube videos, like what's to stop someone from <laughs> my favorite term of this, uh, you know, election? False news, <laughs> fake news. Fake what, news. How can we even deal with this as video gamers? Like ha- this is like the dumbest thing I've ever seen that someone at a news studio who has no right to do that can label somebody miss it you know by accident inadvertently as a predator it's wild to me video games is is as big of an industry as it is as much of a money maker as it is news stations are still run by old you know crickety people who have never touched a video game in their life and to them this is the equivalent of you know basement dwellers that never get out and see the light and all they do is play video games and sit online all day and they don't like sports and they don't like socializing with people and that's just not who gamers are anymore sure there are gamers like that but there are non-gamers like that there are plenty of gamers who get out and have full-time jobs right and have social lives and are married with children and and normal show, people. by the way married with children married with children yeah al bundy right Al Bundy, yes. So, What's anyways, Polkai graduate. Oh gosh, but it's just, gosh, it's it's just it's just that the image in the media is still that for gamers, and that's not who gamers are anymore. Gamers are not one selective group of people. Gamers are everybody, right? Anybody I knew going to school with grew up playing video games because we're part of that generation. And there's still this weird stigma going around video games that it's bad or it's wrong or it's nerdy. And it's not. It's just part of media now. It's part of entertainment now. And this is something that I think that we're, we, we have seen our whole lives and we're going to continue to see until that generation kind of moves out of controlling what mainstream media looks like. Well, hey, here's the here's the best part. I, you're you're getting to it, actually, Kyle. You're you're talking right into what the article is kind of about, right? So, they they went to talk to this guy named Ryan Rivard, who is with Headshots Bar and Grill. I don't know if that's the owner or if that's like the bartender at their Kansas location. I don't know, but he's talking about how video games have uh, sometimes video chat options where you talk in lobbies and you talk with people. Uh, He says, make sure that people aren't trying to scam your kids uh, out of credit card information, you know, because some games have add-on purchase and stuff like that. And then he talks about making sure that when you give your kids your cell phone, that like they can't buy things on it. Um, All of these features 
you have to work at to do. Like, it's not like kids just stumble into that. Like, that's like saying Steam is going to scam you out of your credit card information. That's like saying Supercell, who brings out like Clash Royale and all this crap on your phone, that they just like let you buy whatever on the first screen and you have to like put in all your credit card info beforehand. Like, I think people just don't understand how gaming works. Like you're talking about, they don't understand what it takes to actually buy something in a video game. And that's the issue with this news story is that they tried to do the same story that has been done before multiple times at multiple different outlets, multiple different stations, multiple different national news stations, not just a local KW, whatever WKBN type station in Kansas. I don't remember exactly the, the letters you use. WKBN is Ohio. KWCH. <laughs> KWCH. <laughs> they... I, could do, I could do this story in four words. Brian, kick it to me. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Be, no you have to do it right. You have to, you have to, kick, the, you have to kick the Frank. Like, 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 we're, like we're a new station. Frank, take it away. Kansas. Watch your fucking kids. Back to you, Brian. <laughs> No, and, and, and yeah, you, you watch your kids. But again, it's the same story about what they were trying to say as loot boxes. They were trying to eventually surprise mechanics, Brian. So, OK, if we're going to use quite the, ethical, if we're going to use the EA terminology, <laughs> surprise mechanics. Yes. And people love getting surprises and they they that's why that's why surprise mechanics work so well. Uh, I, I, I really feel like they were they were trying to do a loot box story without mentioning the word loot box. Yeah, maybe. Look at, look at the success of FIFA. People love it. Well, well, that's what because <laughs> that kind of stuff, it is easy for kids because a lot of times your credit card information is stored on whether it's, you know, to pay for PlayStation Plus or because it's just ease of access to buying things on Steam. So when you go in there and say you're on Fortnite and you want to buy things, a lot of times your credit card is stored. So if a kid stumbles into the store, which isn't as hard as you think it is, then it's easy for them to rack up credit card bills. I've seen too many stories where parents get thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of a credit card bill because their kid spent too much money on a game. So I get the message they're trying to send. But they did it in the wrong way and they they targeted the wrong section of the gaming industry to to make the story. Maybe they weren't trying to make a, a case against loot boxes. Maybe they were just trying to talk about online predators and, you know, they what was Chris Hansen. Is that the guy's name from maybe they need to invite that guy on the show? Yeah. Uh, catching or, a predator, oh, yeah. Get to catch a predator. I have no idea. Mm, but just take a seat. Just take a seat, Brian. <laughs> just, just, just sit down. Let's just sit down. No, I don't know, man. It was a. Uh, interesting story that you brought up and i'm glad that pug is taking legal action because he should no it, it really is it comes down to the video gaming community for the large part is not a threat to children you know it's it's not even the fact that state. you can it's a great yeah, thing you can't even paint it in a bad light it's just free entertainment for the most part so you know do whatever you got to do hide your kids whatever you want to do that's fine Hide your wife. Don't make us look bad in the process is what I'm saying. Gamers look out. Content creators look out because apparently we're on the radar. We're we're going to scam your kids. I don't freaking know. Yeah, and if, we, if we, and if we don't, maybe our picture will be shown and we they'll just say we are. Watch your kids. Know what your kids are getting into. Monitor their content. And if it, it, take, it takes a couple minutes to set up, it's not that hard. 
That's really that's really all they needed to say. Otherwise, otherwise they'll piss on your switch. Why still piss on your switch? Otherwise, they'll piss on your switch. You give them an inch, they take a mile. Let's talk some games, though, that came out over the past couple days and, and ones that we've been playing heavily. And I want to start with Cadence of Hyrule. Now, I know, Kyle, you are planning on picking this up this week. Actually, you were talking to me about the other day. You said you were, yeah. were going to buy this this week. So, yeah, probably going to buy it today. Actually, start it tonight. Oh, you're going to play it tonight on, on, on stream. I'm thinking so. OK, well, then uh, if, if that's the case, go back and, and check out his video on demand and and check out Kyle play it live over at twitch.tv slash Bruce underscore deduce B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. But Frank and myself, we had a chance to sit down and play this over the past week and we both finished it. It is not a long game, but oh. it's a it's a crossover between Crypt of the Necrodancer and The Legend of Zelda. And when they announced this, I was super excited but Frank, I want to I want to start things off because when they first showed this off, you had a bit of reserves on the game. And I want you to tell me why. Yeah. When it, the, the whole idea of a dance mechanic or like a moving to the beat kind of thing, like a rhythm game. Don't get me wrong. I like rhythm games, but I'm also a Legend of Zelda purist. I was like, I was like, ah, this is going to suck. This is going to be some stupid mini game from uh, some, some bullshit uh, creator. Thankfully, it was actually, you know. It's legit the, the crypto necro dancer people making this game yeah i was pleasantly surprised i mean it was i had more fun with this game than i thought i would yeah the actual what you mentioned the combat and moving to the beat of the music it really makes up the the core of the gameplay elements that you're going to be seeing in cadence of hyrule so whenever there's not an enemy on the screen you're free to do whatever you want you can move however you want as fast as you want as slow as you want it doesn't matter you can explore to your heart's content but when there are enemies on the screen, a little bar will appear on the bottom and it'll show like these lines moving toward the center of the bar. And the object is to move whenever the bars get to the middle of that screen because you want to like that's the beat. So you want to be moving on the beat. And whenever there isn't a beat, you'd want to stand still. If you actually move off beat, it hurts you. Like it penalizes you for doing that. So you have to get good at just moving to the actual beat of the music. And it does take a little while to adjust, especially if you've it never played. A, it, it took me a lot of a while uh, just when I first started it. If you've played Crypt of the Necrodancer, which I did, you're it, it's a little easier to adjust. I don't know if you've played that, Kyle, but I have. Haven't, I've never played it, but I've watched it quite a bit. I've watched streams and videos of it. Yeah. It might take you a minute just to get it adjusted. It, like I said, it's definitely different from a normal style video game. But what's really nice is that in the settings before you start the game, and I think you could even switch this on the fly in the settings in the game. Like if you just pause it, I don't I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I didn't check that. But there's a mode that you can turn on where it gets it's like fixed beat mode. So you don't have to worry about moving to the beat of the music. So if you want to just practice the combat or what I did, I played an hour of the game in fixed beat mode before I started my second save file with regular mode on to practice moving to the beat of the music without actually moving to the beat of the music and being penalized. So do you have to like hit the directional pad every time the beat comes? You have to move every time the beat goes. Yeah, either do some sort of action, whether it's moving or combat wise. Yes. Oh, wow. OK, you have to you have to do something on 
every single beat. Otherwise, it like I said, it penalizes you. It hurts you. And you want to string together as much as you can and not miss a beat because that's what gets your, you know, your your combos high. Your, it, it shows you're doing well. And it'll even show that on the bottom because it changes colors. So let me ask you guys this. From someone who's not familiar with the game and, and I'm kind of like on the outside looking in, I, I am considering getting it. But I think you would really like it because I know you're sort of a especially a link to the past fan, which this is based on. Oh, I love it. And and so my question is, how does the story driven narrative? Is it affected greatly by the procedural generation of the map or? No, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is a procedurally generated Hyrule and it the story doesn't really matter in this game like for those that have played Crypt of the Necrodancer, the main character Cadence, which why the name is called Cadence of Hyrule, but she gets sucked into this time loop, not time loop, but wormhole, portal. yeah, portal, whatever you want to call it. Ends so up. So you're in telling Hyrule. me Doctor Strange isn't there wanting to bargain? No, not at least okay. not that okay. we see. At least not that we see. But she's stuck in Hyrule, and the narrative is that she's trying to find her way home. And throughout that year, just you, you play as Link, you play as Zelda. There's multiple characters to play as uh, you, you, you can you can actually pick right at the start. You start out playing as Cadence, but it's just a few minutes. And then you either pick Zelda or Link. I chose Link. Uh, Frank actually chose Zelda accidentally, but you did choose Zelda. I, 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 commit, <laughs> I did. I, I felt I didn't realize that, like, you know, once I walked through that portal, that that was it. But whatever. I, I stuck with her the whole game. Yeah, and eventually throughout the the game, the game, like I said, it's about four hours long, four to five hours max. There comes a point where you can switch freely between all three characters. So who you start as just is going to dictate the beginning of the game. But it also dictates a little bit of where you start, which is interesting because Zelda and Link don't start in the same spot. So I, I kind of like that. But yeah, the story doesn't really matter because it, it it's first of all, it's definitely not canon in terms of Legend of Zelda. But it's just a it side. Could it could be, but there's no way it will be. No, they're not going to keep this as canon, but it, it doesn't affect anything because it's procedurally generated. Like they where you decide to go is totally different. Like the first area I went to was Lost Woods because it was really right next to where I started. Whereas the right. first plank, Frank, uh, the first area Frank went to was the Gerudo Valley area because mm -hmm. that's kind of in the, the spot where he started. And then this just, you know, just the way that we uncovered the map, just knowing the areas he went to next, uh, the areas I went to next, it was totally different. Obviously, there's going to be some similarities like, you know, the edge tiles are always going to have water bordering them because that's the area where the water is. Or uh, we, we were trying to figure out if the desert is always in the top right, because for both of us, the desert was in the top right. Now, again, that could have just been coincidence, but maybe it always is in the top right. They just procedurally generate how it looks. I don't know. So there's there's different things there that go into it that would be fun to to find out and if you've played that reach out to us and let us know where your desert was because we're still intrigued by that and kyle i want to see when you start this tonight on twitch uh where your desert is if it's top right then i'm leaning towards it's always top right now it's going to be the first thing i look for yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see where the desert is where can't wait to see where the gerardo valley is yeah man but i i don't know i kind of like that it was procedurally generated because they it, it, it it's done in runs and it's so short. This game is meant to be played like speed run style. And oh, yeah. they have they have leaderboards. It shows how fast your friends finished it. It shows how fast the you know anyone in the how, world has finished many, it. How many steps it took you to do the game? How many steps it took you to beat the game? There's daily wow. challenges to complete. 
there's a lot of things to not only compete with for Cadence of Hyrule, but, you know, shoot for that world first or shoot for having the number one spot. So um, it's a fun game. It's super fun. And we even did a BG Mania episode last Wednesday where we took a look at 17 of the tracks. There's about 25 or so tracks in the soundtrack. We took 17 of them and and listened to just some great music on BG Mania last week. Uh, Danny Baranowski, Super Meat Boy, Crypto the Necrodancer, done a lot of great things. So check that out if you're interested yeah. in music. Yeah, dude, super good, super good composer. You know and who that, else is a really good guy? Who's that? My friend Pedro. <laughs> My friend Pedro is a uh, is, is a good guy, and that, that that was a good transition. That was a that was a Frank style transition right there when we're on BG Mania. <laughs> you should have done it with a little more confidence, though. I think I think it lacked the gusto. That I think you were questioning that my friend is my friend Pedro a good guy or not. That's kind of you what know, it sounded I like. I was. Were. I mean, guys, I look. I'll go. It's fine. I'm I'm done. This whole reference thing, you'll get it. You know, it's a nice, it's a violent ballet, if you will. <laughs> oh, we, are gonna ta- we are going to talk to my friend Pedro, though, because uh, Kyle, the reason that I was up until four o'clock in the morning. Oh, you played this? Oh, were you okay. Yeah, I have it on Switch. Okay, yeah. So um, I, you, I didn't you know I, Pedro. I was unaware <laughs> that you knew Pedro. First of all, so oh, I know Pedro. We're acquainted. We, we should call this our friend Pedro, friend of the yeah, show yeah. Pedro, friend of the show Pedro, who is a <laughs> banana, no less. But yeah, Kyle, you streamed this on Twitch the other day. I had a chance to play through it. I, I got through the sewer section. Frank, I don't know how far you made it. Um, the game is, as Frank mentioned, it is a violent ballet. Kyle, what does it mean to be a violent ballet? So I I did write the review for this, which should be posted by the time that the listeners are hearing this episode. And one thing I mentioned in the review is that And I've talked about this before. The thing I love about indie video games is that they explore ideas and mechanics that typically aren't mainstream yet. And that's what makes them so good is because we're going to see those ideas and mechanics in three to five years in a triple A video game. But you get to play them first in kind of their initial incarnation on the indie scene. And I've never played a game that I think could accurately be described as a violent ballet where it's it's literally gorgeous movement and and dancing and dodging and flying and jumping and twisting and turning and flipping all while shooting guns and blowing the heads off of enemies and the and the it's the only way to describe it is that this game really does feel like you are dancing through the levels a lot of the time you're jumping off walls while you do a spin through the air and then you're shooting this guy over here and throwing a grenade this way there's no other way to describe the movement in this game besides a ballet it's very very graceful did you get that feeling from it absolutely 100 percent. yeah like just the and you can string together some pretty impressive things especially as you get more acquainted with the controls and really learn how to do things as the game goes on but using the the slowdown mechanics to take enemies out flipping through things crashing through windows while swinging off of a freaking you know, rope or jumping on a skateboard and and moving throughout the levels and doing things and still blasting away at enemies. It added a lot of flair to the game and it was really impressive. The other thing that really kind of reminds me about a ballet or a dance in this, in this, in the sense of the gameplay of this game is that 
it starts off by teaching you the mechanics of the game and they're introduced pretty quickly, right? This one's jump. Well, now there's wall jump and now you can slow down time and now you can split your guns and then you kind of get the, the rope swing and the, and the zip line and the skateboard, like you said, by the end of the game, I was using the slow down time mechanic, the bullet time mechanic, I guess it is right. I was slowing. I was using that much less by the end of the game because I was I had mastered these mechanics of wall jump, jump, split gun, flip, dodge, shoot, grenade and run. Yeah. And I felt like I was actually learning the moves of a dance where I didn't need to practice the steps anymore. I knew the steps. And as I approached a situation, I said, OK, here we go. And I and I I didn't have to slow down the time. And so I did feel like the game taught me in a in a pace that was acceptable. And I didn't realize it until after the game was over. I thought, man, there was a slowed down me- mechanic in this <laughs> game. And I just wasn't using it by the end by the end of the game anymore. Speed it the hell up. I keep activating it accidentally. I do, too. Well, you know what? I don't activate it accidentally. I accidentally turn it off sometimes where I'm like in the middle of this huge battle <laughs> and I'm shooting things. And then all of a sudden time speeds up again. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then I'm dead. Yeah. I just keep for whatever reason, I keep accidentally clicking the left stick, which is how you activate the uh, the slowdown mechanic. And dude, I don't want to be going into slow mode when I do. And I just like, oh, whatever. I guess I'll just run with it. But right. it's fun. I felt like Michael Jackson in the smooth criminal video with just guns. Like I just walk up to a spot and I'm spinning around, pop, 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 pop. And, you know, I just I'm shooting people left and right, going down a, and jumping and flipping, going down an elevator shaft. There's a certain point where I was super fluid. I killed 18 people in one little little thing. I there was there was yeah. The, I love that you mentioned the dodge because the dodge is a spin. And it doesn't seem like it's a dodge. Like when you first activate, I, I, Kyle, I love that you activated it on your Twitch stream before they told you to. And you're like, wait, that's dodge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, he literally just spins and points his guns out. Yeah. And you could shoot while you're spinning. Obviously you, you know, you're not guaranteed to hit anything because you're spinning, but you can, you could totally take people out and you get a bonus for taking them out during the dodge. And that's actually really cool. And one of my favorite things is you can't spam the dodge either, which I, oh. I hate. Yes, there's spamming. only there's only a certain amount of time that it activates for and then you have to reactivate it. But there's a there's a good chance you're going to get shot while you're reactivating it. <laughs> it, it really is. It it really is a, a pretty brilliantly made game in a lot of respects. The levels are laid out in a way that there is a linear path through the levels, but there is not one set way to kill the enemies in those levels oftentimes there are multiple ways to kill those enemies depending on whether you want to play it safe and kind of sneak up on them or there is an environmental hazard that you can call down on those enemies if you see it in time oftentimes i didn't but when i did i felt smart i'm like well look at this what can i do here have you gotten to the gas canisters yet brian Absolutely. Yeah. Those yeah. Where you, where you can with, start man. kicking those up in the air and shooting them while they're in the air to take oh, out. Not those ones. I'm talking. I'm talking about like the hydrogen chain, the hydrogen tanks. What? I don't think I have got to oh, those. Then those yet, are no. great. Wait till you get to the hydrogen tanks. Those, those are what, those, those are gonna say, I, I'm in the final stretch. So I, I'm on stage one of the area right before the end, because okay. I know the, oh, the end is only like one level. So I'm on whatever as after the sewers and before the end. Okay, so it's the internet is the yes, which, I'm in the internet. I'm on level one of the internet. There's a level. No, yeah, you can literally the see, you can the see the levels. Name. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not spoilers. Um, 
the internet must be where those canisters are because that's where yes. I'm in now. And I have yet to and see it's those. very, a lot of tongue in cheek humor too about gamers and the internet as well, which is really funny. Are they Once calling you, us? Are they calling us predators? You just, uh, no, they're okay. So there's none of that. <laughs> Fair <Okay>. enough. <laughs> so it's not like a Kansas city news story. No, but you will like, you know what? That sounds like a slur. Like, man, this is like a Kansas City news story. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be going forward. I think it should be. Man, it's fake news, a, man. This is just a Kansas City news story. Uh, the, the con- <laughs> and the controls all re- work really well in the game, too. You're able to split your guns and shoot in different directions, which looks really difficult in the trailers and is not at all. It actually works pretty intuitively with a lock-on mechanic and works super well the game the challenge ramps up really well i had a lot of fun with this game you just have to hold down the left trigger and your character points in two different directions and you can Mm -hmm. shoot multiple enemies and it it works really well some guns are are better acquainted for it than others because i noticed that obviously yeah because like when you when you split your guns it does take a little bit longer to take an enemy out but that's because you know you're not firing both guns because you do wield most of the time you're not firing both guns at one person well so. and there there are a there's a there's a big variety of weapons too and i did find there myself are. switching between the weapons frequently in the game which i enjoyed they, i did have a couple guns that were my favorites but i switched pretty frequently i don't know if there's a gun that unlocks in the internet but the one that unlocked in the area in the is. sewers right before this one the one it's like the uh the Tommy gun esque thing that's where it fires three or four rounds at a time. The, yeah, it's an assault rifle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know if it was an assault rifle or not because it doesn't necessarily look like one, but I, you're right. It probably is an assault rifle. Ended up becoming the gun that I used the most in that particular area just because it worked and it was fun to use. I You'll like get how a new it gun as well, which is a lot of fun also. So they, you, you unlock things throughout the game and just they play the mechanics so well that just when you think you've had enough of something, they introduce something else. Right. And it's a it's a great balance between it. Yes, absolutely. And then you're stringing mechanics together towards the end of the game. Really, really well made game. Totally check it out for the price point. I think it's well worth it. And I, this is going to be a really fun game to watch speed run at Games Done Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Another game yeah. That, that totally can be run quick. Obviously, it, it's a, it is a short experience. There's 40 levels. You could finish the game in roughly four hours. Uh, it, it's not long at all. So definitely check it out. It's fun. I do want to talk about some Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, though. That is the game I have been putting the most time into over the past week. And I think, unfortunately, I'm the only one on the show that's played this so far. I do think everyone here on the show would absolutely enjoy this. I know, Kyle, I said you're going to pick this up at some point. Frank, you need to play this game. game. Yeah, you need to play this game. And Sean, I think you would really enjoy this as well. Uh, it's it's a Metroidvania. It's Castlevania. It's Metroid. It's it's everything we love about these kind of games. And it's Koji Igarashi. I mean, the you know, the brainchild behind Castlevania. And he's back in full force. I mean, this I really feel like it, and it plays and Kyle and I were talking about this a little bit. It, it plays heavily like Aria of Sorrow. But I really feel like this is the best, quote unquote, Castlevania experience we've had since maybe Symphony of the Night. I just I really like what they're doing here. It starts out a little slow, but it gets good very, very quick. And that's exactly what I wanted. Like, yeah, it would have been a little bit if it had started a bit faster. I guess that would have been better. But for the most part, it was there wasn't 
that long of a time period before the game really ramped up. It was really just after the first couple screens. It just it started slow, but that was OK. And the level design, obviously, the way that you need to backtrack in order to see everything or, you know, come across abilities by defeating a boss, it opens up a ton of mechanics and things that you're going to need to do. So what I've been doing while playing it, I haven't and I, and I haven't felt this way since playing like an old school Castlevania game. I've been jotting down personal notes as I go like, OK, remember this area, come back to it because there's something there that I know I'm going to need to see eventually, like whether it's there's a door that I can see on the map or I can see by jumping but I can't get to it yet. So I was like, okay, well, eventually I'm going to unlock a double jump and you do. So you have to go back to that area when you unlock the double jump, like five, five hours into the game and explore that way. And that opens up a whole new area of the map and a whole new subsection. And then that subsection leads to another section. So just by, you know, progressing in one direction to a boss, getting the double jump. Now you have to backtrack to the area that you maybe started in to which there is an area when you start in that you can't access immediately that you need to go back and see what that is and what it is and what it so does. It's still like every it ever. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. So it, it's the perfect blend of the styles that Koji Igarashi really perfected through the previous Castlevania games. He does it really, really well. And it's just been a lot of fun, man. I was hoping to finish this. I did not have a chance to finish it before we recorded this morning. Uh, I got pretty close, but I also got stuck at one point. And the, the game is difficult, and that's good, man. That's what we want up through a Castlevania game. We want the game to be difficult. We want it to be fun, but we want a challenge, and we want difficulty levels, and, and that's what this has. Um, I really like there's a new mechanic that they used for Bloodstained, and it's shards. So as you're progressing through the game and and i know that obviously shards that's how you get your abilities castlevania dealt with that aria again aria of sorrow again it, it plays very similar to that but as you are progressing through the game and you defeat just regular enemies you can obtain shards from the regular enemies to learn how to do moves that they also can do so you will have a ton of shards a freaking ton that you have to equip and manage and figure out which ones are going to be needed for this particular any you could swap in and out it doesn't matter but you are going to have to play around with some you know you level them up so you're going to figure out which ones you want to invest into which ones you feel like you're going to be using the most it's it's really cool how they did it and i and i did enjoy that aspect a lot and for a lot of times i would forget that i had shards and that i had these abilities which is why i got stuck at one point because i didn't realize that i had to do something with a shard ability and it would have opened up another entire section of the map or i could have obtained more things and, and progressed further that way which is how i got the bad ending and i do want to mention that there's a bad ending because if you stumble upon it like i did uh you are going to miss half the game because it doesn't save after the bad ending. So first of all, <laughs> make sure you save often. It's I mean, it's a Castlevania game. And anytime you come to a save room, you should definitely be saving. But I lost about an hour's worth of progress, maybe an hour and a half's worth of progress by going straight to the end, because it does let you fight the final boss well before you're supposed to. And if you do that, that's the bad ending. That's kind of cool. Hmm. All right. That's cool. I have a couple questions because I played uh, Curse of the Moon. Yeah, which is the prequel to this. So uh, main character is Zangetsu? No, main character is Miriam. Zangetsu is in the game. 
So, so then he's obviously he's going to be the, the main enemy because that's how he was in Curse of the Moon. Spoiler alert. Sorry. No, he is not the main enemy. Well, that's just, that's just awesome. Then. You said she, she picks up powers. Is it the same way as we picked them up in Curse of the Moon? Mm, by just finding them on the map? In Curse of the Moon, we found them by picking up companions. So I guess like, like or you can kill the companion. So you're saying after you kill the enemy, you get... After you double jump. Defeat, defeat the bosses or the enemies. So, yeah, I guess it sort of is the same way, but you're not killing your friends. Well, that's so fun. Because in Curse of the Moon, you were literally killing people that you could play as. Like, you aren't necessarily friends, but these were playable characters. And if you killed them instead of recruiting them, you could never play as them. It's not like that. You, I mean, it, it literally is a boss that is out trying to kill you. And when you defeat that boss, you might learn a new ability or you might just get an item that you needed to progress and then you're getting abilities from just say like bats to fly down from the screen or you know there's uh there's some there's crazy there there are some crazy unique enemy designs in this game how long to beat this game fully the right way eight to ten hours not bad i'm about seven hours in and i still have i'm about at 70 ish percent of the map complete like filled in and I'm I'm filling in about thirty percent every three to three and a half hours. So okay. now, despite having the big developer name behind this game, it it's still an indie game and runs kind of a yes. a, a pretty high price tag for an indie game. It's thirty five or forty dollars, right? It's thirty five, and and unless that's the sale price, maybe it's forty not on sale. I think it's I think it's thirty five is when I looked at it, and again, I'm not sure that if it's on sale either. Do you think that the game justifies the thirty five dollar price tag? Absolutely. Absolutely do, because it's it's a great experience. I mean, this back in the day, this is a full fledged Castlevania experience. This was a $60 game back in you know the 90s and or even the early 2000s. And that's that's awesome because, again, it's Koji Igarashi. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's him. It's NT Creates. It's 505 games. I mean, there's there's some decent names and decent brands behind it, but it's still at the heart, a core Castlevania experience. And I do think it warrants I think it would potentially warrant a $60 price tag because again, they could have passed off as a $60 game 20 years ago. I'm glad it's only 35 because I think more people are going to jump in at that price point. Obviously there will be some people that try to wait for sales and get it cheaper. But if you have the funds to spend 35 on this, I think it's absolutely worth it. And I mean, you know, full price paying for it that way they get their money's worth out of it too. So now one of my favorite things from Aria was that picking up the different, they call them the shards, right? The the things that you get through that's the game. What, that's to what get they're in bloodstained, the shards. Yeah, shards, yeah, yeah. Right? And it really makes it so that every playthrough of the game, every time you decide to play that game is different. Yes, because you might not get an ability. Exactly. There's, there's no guarantee that that ability is going to drop. Now, I did notice Bloodstained is, is kind of generous on how quick it gives you abilities. So they definitely want you to play around with things. They definitely want you to obtain these abilities, but it's still an RNG chance. So there's still a chance that and not everything's going to be RNG because there are some that are absolutely crucial to progress. But the ones that aren't, those are the ones that maybe you won't see them every time you play through the game. Maybe you won't get the certain ability. So it does make things unique. It does make things challenging because if in a certain playthrough you had the ability to do something and then you don't have that the next time, well, then you have to figure out another way to do things. And that makes it really, really fun. 
so yeah there's there's so many weapons that you can play around with there's so many pieces of equipment that you can equip onto your character i mean you can play with staffs or great axes or great swords or regular axes or regular maces daggers you can equip boots because she can kick miriam can actually kick and do things um you can there's so many different items guns like whips that it, it's all there like literally Every item you could think of is probably there at some point, and they give you multiple versions of these different weapon classes. So that way you can play around. And if, you know, if they get better and stronger as the further in the, the game you go, which is natural. But, you know, the boots that you obtain at the beginning and the ones that you find throughout are going to be so less more powerful than maybe like an axe that you pick up towards the end. But the axe it's hard to hit people because it swings so slow and it's, you know, you have to be standing maybe three feet back from the enemy to hit it. Whereas the boots, you can quickly move around and dodge and get right up on them and kick. So it, it, it how you want to play the game. It's exactly how you want to play the game. It's up to you. If you want to do more damage and go for the slower attacks, but still do more damage, then you can equip the kind of great swords or the great axes. But if you want to be quicker, use regular one handed swords, daggers, boots, that kind of stuff. You could do that as well. It's really cool. I liked it a lot. And the soundtrack is great as well, because the soundtrack. Uh, who is the, the main girl that was behind Michiro Yamani? Is that her name? Mega Man? Ma- no, no. Uh, Castlevania. I don't know if she did any Mega Man or not. She was she was part of the Konami Kukia Club, but uh, she you know, she's most famous for doing the Castlevania Symphony of the Night soundtrack uh, started out. I mean, she did the couple things here and there for for Konami back in the day, but for the most part, She's known for doing the music for Castlevania since Symphony of the Night up through Order of Ecclesia. And then she worked on Bloodstained Curse of the Moon last year and obviously now Ritual of the Night. And that's pretty cool. Uh, she's the main composer. There's several other composers on the soundtrack as well. But there is a the Mega Man X composer is also on the soundtrack. But he only had one track on there. I looked into the soundtrack a bit for uh, the upcoming VG Mania. So it's, it's actually pretty good. Nice. We, have one more, we have one more game to talk about this week. And I want to discuss 1980X, which is a game that Frank and I had a chance to sit down and defeat over the past. Well, we could have did this in an hour because it is a very short game in 83 minutes. took me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's about a 90 minute experience. What is there? And I did write the review for this. It is up at leveldowngames.com if you want to check out the review. What exists in that 90 minutes is fun. And it's a great experience. I, it's a coming of age story. It's it, it's it's the story of any 80s or 90s kid. Like it, it's it's really cool. And this was a Kickstarter campaign, but they changed a lot of wording and they changed a lot of things about the campaign during the development of the game. And a lot of it happened within the last week. And that's mm-hmm. what's unfortunate because this game was set to release on Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Well, it's out on PC now, and it's supposed to be out on PS4 by the end of the month. The Switch and the Xbox One do not even have a release window yet. They said it is coming later, coming at some point, maybe this year, maybe not. I have no idea. Maybe it's next year. But also throughout the development, and again, we found this out within the days before the release on Steam, the game is now episodic. And I think there's a big issue with that because we didn't know this until literally two days before it was going to come out on Steam is when they that hey, the game is releasing on the 20th. Oh, by the way, it's part one of, of a two part thing. It's only 90 minutes long. And that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. I think that's really disappointing, actually. It is, which I mean, and I, and I took that into consideration when 
when scoring it, which is why, because I really feel like the games that are there are better than an 8.0, but I knocked it down a bit because of the fact that they, they went back on their wording and like, I didn't, I mean, I'm not going to fault them like three or four points for it, but I did take it into consideration and what maybe I would have scored this a nine had it been a full complete game. But since it's not, I did, I did drop a complete percentage or, you know, a whole tier. Frank is someone that actually backed this game. Would you have been upset if they delayed this portion till next year and released it fully? No, in fact, I'm pissed that I don't have a full game. Um, on top of that, I didn't just back the game. I backed it at a higher tier because I believed in this. I, I, I have physical rewards that haven't been shipped yet. I have digital rewards that I haven't received yet. Um, I, I was promised like the art book. I was promised the the soundtrack to this game. It's a freaking Yuzo Koshiro uh, soundtrack or featuring Yuzo Koshiro. Yeah, Yuzo Koshiro, unfortunately, is only in one of the five games, but still he's on the soundtrack <laughs> we do that we, we do bg mania i want them to do a bg mania track for this uh i was like whatever i have the soundtrack no no i don't uh there's like a physical badge and poster that i'm supposed to be getting and i want did they say the rewards would be shipping this month though they i remember we talked about that a little bit when did they say the rewards would be shipping they didn't oh i thought they did they said the only thing they said for this month was that later this month uh, the ps4 version is going to come out I thought we talked about rewards. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Which, which is the version I initially pledged to. And I will give them kudos. I messaged them on Kickstarter saying, hey, do you mind just giving me the PC version? I don't want to wait to play this game. And within <laughs> within five minutes, I had the, the code and everything. I was ready to rock. But this game could have waited. I think so. I, I would have preferred it to wait. Like, I, I, I don't want to sound like a spoiled gamer, but uh, I don't want an incomplete game. I'd rather just play my game all the way through. I don't I don't think that's being a spoiled gamer. I think that's expecting a product that you paid for. Agreed. You know what I mean? And, and and we're getting into this weird territory. And this has actually been a big talking point lately amongst games is Kickstarter campaigns changing their goal and their vision after you buy into it. Right. Which isn't any good. That's that's not a good way to do business. And it's not a good way to get the, the trust and admiration of your market either. Blow it out your ass. It is things that, you know, we are. Obviously, we do Kickstarter right here on the show, so we're big fans of Kickstarter games and, and trying to get these ideas and things that we want to see come to life in games that maybe wouldn't make it any other way. But it is unfortunate when they when they change their vision, especially when they don't say anything until right before release. Like I said, had they said something before, it probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But nobody knew this before the game came out. Like I said, we we found out about this on the 19th. The game came out on the 20th. So and it was just really unfortunate wording that they decided to do that. Why even put a deadline on yourself like that? Like, why did you have to get this out by the 20th? There is no reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's Kickstarter. So you're pretty much in control of your own destiny there. Like you can put it out whenever you want. So and I and I mentioned this, I made a case for it at the end of the review. They should have probably just delayed this, released it next year when the second part is ready, because I think they said part two is 2020, which is fine. But if they put out the full experience in 2020 instead of just part two and the full experience is maybe four hours long, much like my friend at Pedro, then it's OK, because that's a it's it's an indie game. We expect indie games to be shorter. Four hours is not a bad length of time for an indie game uh, i've beaten several indie games in, in much shorter amounts of time so had they done that i think everything would have been fine and i don't think the backers would have been upset had this been delayed for another year because we've already waited long enough 
but I, I, I don't want to focus on just the negatives because the oh, pixel art, lots, lots of positives. To this game. Yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of positives with 1980X because the pixel art is phenomenal. The animations are gorgeous. The soundtrack is unfreaking believable. And the five arcade games that are there are fun. Like each game had each each game would make a great full game if these games were actual full games. But they're not meant to be full games. They're meant to be short experiences that exist within 1980X to tell the tale of Kid and his coming of age story as he gets ready to enter adulthood. It's a typical 80s, 90s type thing. It's exactly what it is, but it works really well. Yeah, I'll tell you, just starting a game off and it starts off with like like a Streets of Rage kind of game. That's how yeah. you hook Frank. That's how you hook Frank right away. Uh, Beating Heart. I had to look at my notes. Beating, Beating Heart is the name of that one. And uh, it was ac- it's not Streets of Rage. It's actually uh, Final Fight is Same what thing. that was. And yeah, I know, but it isn't. Uh, Streets of Rage and Final Fight, I feel like, are are different enough that it's you're able to differentiate between the two. False. Final Fight has a lot more realistic type look to it i guess in terms of the way that the world looks where streets of rage didn't i think streets of rage is a better game than final fight but i still think that final fight and streets of rage look different same thing they're both beat-em-ups but they're not <laughs> same the thing. same thing they're both beat-em-ups but they are they are far from the same thing they are so different in my head those two games are inextricably linked and i don't think i could separate them actually i guess i could <laughs> thank you kyle I, I, I just disagree. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've played both of them so many times, but they I can definitely tell you what is Final Fight, what is Streets of Rage. Uh, I can tell you what's bad. I mean, bad dudes is a lot worse, but still. <laughs> Rivers City Ransom. I mean, beat em ups, man. That's our childhood. We have a lot of experience with beat em ups and, sure. and I'm able to differentiate between between all of them. I don't think that was my favorite, though, Frank. Was that your favorite one? No. OK, my favorite's definitely I, the runaway. I'll leave, I'll leave my favorite one's the last one. Oh, really? OK, interesting. We'll talk about that one in a minute then. Um, but yeah, halfway through, you come across a game called The Runaway, which is just, you know, it's inspired by OutRun. It's inspired by all of those games we used to play in the arcades, Daytona USA, Sega Rally Championship, but mostly OutRun. And it is so enjoyable. It is a perfect rendition of OutRun. And the soundtrack in that part is phenomenal. Amazing. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Like there was a moment in there and I distinctly put that moment in the review and I built the review around that moment that my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about the boy when it turns from one thing to another. Uh, sort of. Yeah. When in the night portion, in the night okay. portion, portion, when the uh, portion, yeah. in the night portion, portion, when the soundtrack goes from <laughs> non electric guitar to electric guitar, yes. it was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I literally built the review around that. Like, I was like, okay, I know for a fact when I stop talking, I want the guitar to kick in. And then I worked backwards. <laughs> so it was Shout it was out super to you fun. for that review. That was, a, I think, your best review ever done. That is a really well done review. Go to Level Down Games and check out, or YouTube, and check out the video review for 1980X that Brian did. Beautiful review. Thank you. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed doing that. I miss doing video reviews. I definitely when we're caught up, I want to get back to uh, doing more video reviews because I do enjoy doing those and they're a lot of fun for me. Um, Frank, your favorite game you said, though, that's the last one. Kill Screen. Kill Screen. It was like a classic Dungeons and Dragons 3D maze. Like we go through and then the enemy pops up and you have to like fight them. It's, it was awesome. 
Yeah, first person dungeon crawler, very much in the style of like old school Shin Megami Tensai or Etrian Odyssey Persona type games. Shadowgate. Let's let's talk about things that people in America have played. Okay. Mm, I think people in America have probably played everything I mentioned, but Shadowgate, sure. No, yes. How about real real gamers? That's right, I, think, I think real gamers have probably played those games I mentioned, but yeah, we could still say Shadowgate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. It, it looked really nice. Um. The purpose of the game was to kill dragons, and that is my thing, being the dragonborn himself. Killing three dragons, yeah, and, and it is, it's somewhat linear because there isn't, like, I mean, there's different paths you can go down, and you can definitely fight one dragon before you fight the other, but for the most part, it's, it's you're enclosed in this area, and you're just moving through these corridors and defeating enemies, leveling up, and fighting the dragons. It's fun. It was, yeah, you had, you had to learn what enemy was weak to what attack. Yeah. And then time your attack perfectly to do max damage. Yeah, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, we mentioned Yuzo Kashiro. He's found in Shadow Play, which is inspired by Strider. And yes. then the fifth game we didn't talk about was Out of the Void, which is inspired by R-Type. So, oh, is that what the game was called? I was calling it a Shooty Space Boy. No, Out of the Void is the name of the okay. game, but okay. inspired by R-Type. Um, luckily, that was, the, that was the hardest one for me. That was... It was the hardest one for me was shadow play. The, <laughs> the, the one, the strider like clone uh, where you're playing as the ninja. I had a hard time, like just timing jumps in that one and, and not, not taking damage. Like I took a ton of damage through my playthrough of that one and I just couldn't help it. I don't know why, but I had a lot of fun with 1980X. I, I wish it would have been longer. I wish it would have been a full experience, but it is what it is. Hopefully uh, when the full experience comes out next year, we will have more to say on this, but as of right now, we do not. Hey guys, Brian here from the Max Level Podcast. For this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast, we're going to take a listen to Midnight Tank from Left 4 Dead 2, composed by Mike Moraski, as this week is Radio Hour Volume 24. This pick comes to us from Frank, and if you're unfamiliar, Radio Hour is an eclectic mix of tracks featuring picks from myself, Frank, our listeners, and Jessica. Tune into BG Mania this Wednesday morning on your favorite podcast app of choice to hear an excellent assortment of video game music. Enjoy. Quickly want to do a tavern talk today because I want to talk a little bit about Dead by Daylight and this past Tuesday, so it was on the 18th, the Ghostface update appeared in the game. We have a new killer and we've been playing a ton of Dead by Daylight recently. So I figured we'd just go in and, uh, and talk about that for a minute. And we have some experience going against Ghostface. So first of all, Sean, what are you thinking on the killer, the new killer? 
Well, first of all, we gotta set the tone, baby. We got here. We go. Here, hold on. Can you hear that? Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. Because I gotta tell you, this game is on fire right now. I cannot even begin to explain how great the Ghost Faced update is, but it is freaking hard to play against that guy. I don't. I don't. I don't even know like how to deal with it, honestly. Um, Do you I guys figured it out? Yes, I, I, I have since figured it out there. So when he's stalking you, if you run towards him and position your camera directly in the center of the screen to where you're looking at him, it breaks his stock. OK, and it, ta- it so, takes him out of the stock. So that way he's not building up the, the thing on you, you know, because when he's stalking you, it's slowly building up. And when it reaches all the way, then you're exposed and he can take you out in one hit. Well, if you notice that you're if he's if you notice that you're getting built up on because it starts showing up on your little section down there in the bottom left hand corner of the screen, you can try to find him and you want to run toward him. But you want to be looking at him. You need to make eye contact with him. And then when you do that, it breaks him out of the stock. So he has to either go hide again to stalk you again to expose you or just start chasing you right then and there. Okay. So it's like a crapshoot. It's like a 50-50. He's either going to come after you or he's going to run away. Correct. Yes. If the, if the, I mean, obviously, probably the better killers will just come after you because they know they're going to catch you anyway. But the ones that are distinctly using the mechanics and the way that Ghostface was built. Ghostface is meant to, he's very much like Michael Myers, meant to stay in the shadows. He's meant to stalk. So if they play the killer the way that he's meant to be played and, and utilize his abilities and utilize his strengths instead of his weaknesses, like kind of like Legion has a ton of weaknesses, but I've still managed to find ways to utilize his strengths, then he's probably going to run away. And well, I've noticed that you know, a lot. I'm glad you brought up Legion, actually, because they're kind of similar. They're like a high. So I feel like Ghostface is like a, an effed up love child between Legion and Mike Myers. Yeah, for the most part. So the way that I play against both of those characters is I just outrun them until the ability goes away that they have powered up. So I don't know. I mean, some people play Ghostface differently. I, I just try to book it and loop them as hard as I can until it runs out. But I feel like it lasts forever if you play that way. I don't know. There's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. I just feel like I can never spot them while they're being spooky dudes. Right. <laughs> and when you come across a good Ghostface that really knows the maps and really knows the hiding areas, I've been watching several people on Twitch over the past week playing as him and against him. I've seen some cool things. I've seen him like peeking out of the top of the two story house on certain maps, watching people like when they're unhooking things like I've seen some creative ways to stalk and lean around corners. And it's been a lot of fun. The animation for him stalking, too, is really, really good. It's super creepy to turn your camera oh, around and see him animations. Peeking. Yeah, see him peeking around the corner, just looking at you. And the second he notices and you start running, he's after you. And he runs just like he does in the screen movies. Really, really well-made character. I love him. Yeah, it's super fun. The best part about him is that this is like the first killer add-on that we've had where the company licensing him has given behavior just free reign and it's and it's really fun because he's got different skins he's got all these different parts that you know we recognize from the movies and all that like i think just the way that he runs and the way he holds the knife really well like all this stuff i mean i wish they would kind of let jason and freddie have changes and things that maybe have been portrayed in 
multiple movies or, you know, because Jason's got like a couple different masks, right? Or well, I'm sorry, Jason's not in the game. Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah. Mike Myers. J- Jason's in Friday the 13th. What are you talking about, Sean? <laughs> Jason, we need Jason, by the way. Um, no, we need, but, like, uh, we need Camaro 96 in Dead by Daylight. Okay, 93 Accord is definitely... 93 Accord, thank you. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one knows what we're talking about, unfortunately. No, uh, if you guys ever have the time, it's an old VOD from Angry Pug. Um, back when he was playing Friday the 13th, he played with this guy named 93 Accord who <laughs> exploited <laughs> the luck feature in the game and played as a character that has max luck. So you always get out of like precarious situations. You always have better luck with items not breaking. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's it, one of it's the greatest so ridiculous we've ever watched. It's, so it's good. 20 minutes, but it's well spent. It's so. 20 minutes. That's well worth it. Absolutely. Wrapping up Tavern Talk, though, briefly, um, I think that the ghost ki- the Ghostface Killer update and then the Ash versus the Evil Dead update, miles better with licensing than, like, some of the earlier ones. I think they're learning from, like, their forays into licensing characters, and... That's why we didn't get a survivor in this, in this pack, because they just gave us Ash not that long ago. I'm okay with it. I mean, you know, who are they going to give us? Drew Barrymore? She's never going to sign on for that. We're not going to get Nev Camel unless she's Dude, I running Sydney. out of money. I wanted Sydney, man. It had been great. What's your favorite scary movie, Sydney? I, I don't know. I just can't. You could probably get Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox, I think, yeah. I think most people can these days. What's she done recently? I mean, <laughs> she was married to a former WCW world champion. So, you know, why on. can't we have Detective Dewey speaking of David Arquette? Like, yeah, why can't Detective we have Dewey like would have been fun. But we have Officer Tap, who's a very similar character. Yeah, but I mean, you can make the argument that a couple DVD characters. Are uh, why can't we get the rest of Wu Tang Clan in this game? <laughs> the Rizzo, the old dirty bastard, inspect the deck. If we had Method Man running around in the game, I just don't know what I would do with myself. Well, his, 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 his like skill could have been like a cloud that you can't see him. <laughs> it, it magically comes from his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I make those clouds. What's going on? <laughs> I might be able to get away with that, too. I'm going to start calling you the weather man. <laughs> oh, man. Dead by Daily has been a lot of fun, though, and we will be uh, we'll be talking about this more. Frank, let's update the game challenge because we haven't done this in two weeks. And for those that might just be joining us for those that maybe have no clue what we're talking about every time we mention the game challenge uh, at the beginning of the year, we set a goal for ourselves. I was set to finish 104 games this year and Frank was set to do 52, half of what I was going to do. So it equated to at least two a week for me, at least one a week for Frank. Now, obviously, there could be weeks that we skip, but we have to make that up as we go. So each time we do this, we are updating our list and just seeing kind of where we're at in terms of that challenge. Frank, did you finish anything over the past two weeks? Four games. Okay, what would you finish? I finished the Cadence of Hyrule Zelda playthrough, Uh, 1980X. I also uh, defeated Catsylvania. That's right, Catsylvania. And Hotline Milwaukee. Hotline Milwaukee, is that a game? <laughs> it's uh, Devolver Digital. It is a out, game. Uh, Devolver Bootleg, so it's a... They're, they're bootleg versions. Catsylvania is Castlevania with a cat. Yep, yep, but they count. I mean, those are... those. They, they literally are full experiences. They're the a couple hours play, each. Yeah. yeah, they're a couple hours of much in the same vein as 1980X or... My friend at Pedro, I mean, they're three to four hours long. It's kind of cool. And they're just parodies of other games. And it's it's interesting. 
That's awesome. I'm glad you finished four games, though, because that takes you up to 25. You were actually four games behind and you should be at 25 right now. So you're back to exactly where you should be at. Uh, I myself was quite a bit behind, but I finished five games this week. I was actually trying to push. I was trying to finish seven because I wanted to finish both Bloodstained and My Friend at Pedro this week. Did not happen. So my friend at Pedro. You just mixed my friend Pedro and my time at Porsche. I did. <laughs> you know why? Because I was looking at my list and I was staring at my time at Porsche on like the games I still need to go back to and play at some point. Um, I was actually deleting my friend Pedro off the uh, the list because I know I'm going to beat that this week. Speaking of Porsche, did you ever like finally wrangle that hunk of a of a man? What is his name? Uh, I'm Polly. still working on him. Yeah, Polly. Still working, still working on, on Polly. Yeah. I think yeah, Kyle yeah. might be the only one still playing paid, uh, Porsche. Yeah. I do. I, I still, I still check, check back in on it from time to time. Yeah, I think we've all kind of fell off of it, but maybe I, I'll get I think back I'm going to play point. it on my trip. We'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll report back to you guys. Yeah, report back. Report yeah. back. Now you're going yeah. out of town. Uh, you'll, you'll be on next week's show, but after that, then no, actually. You I won't be on next be week's show. Sorry, kids. I'll leave pizza money. You're missing the next two shows, but... You will still be present for Thunderdome because we're going to get your list. So that way your list still counts. But again, yeah. I finished five games. So Cadence of Hyrule is one of mine as well. Uh, I finished six games this week, actually. You can't just say you did five and go to six. You liar. Oh, wait, I'm trying to figure out what I finished. One, two, three, four, five. I know I finished six. Absolutely finished six. I don't have 1980 X on my list and I did finish that as well. So I finished six games. Which takes me up to 52. I just updated it right now. I should be at 50, which is really nice. Uh, I finished Games of Hyrule, Blossom Tale, The Sleeping King, finally. Team Sonic Racing, Micro Mages, Blaster Master Zero, and 1980X. If you notice, those are all very short games, except for Team Sonic Racing. But I, I just sat down. I was like, man, I want to finish some games this week. So I picked a ton of short games, ones I could finish in three to six hours max and just knocked out a ton of different things. Frank, I'm surprised you haven't finished Micromages yet or even have you even played it yet? I gave it to you. So, yes, I've played Micromages. I know uh, you gave it to me, but I don't know if you've actually played it yet. So I wasn't sure. I, it's I fun. finish it. Yeah, I just I got a thousand things on plan. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, though. But the cool thing is we're both at least back to where we should be. So we, we don't have to stress that we're behind I, I, anymore. I blame I blame Mortal Kombat's new uh, Shang Tsung coming out for me not playing more games. No, well, that's OK. That's OK. Mm, that's OK. Yeah, I could see that. Is what How many is. games did you finish, Brian? I'm sorry. I missed that. Six. Five. <laughs> you said five at the beginning. I had to. <laughs> I know. I said five at the beginning, but I did finish six. I did finish six. Let us now take a dive into the weekly wrap up. Oh yeah, here we go, baby. This, this is my, my jam. I'm, I'm excited for this. We only have a couple things on the weekly wrap up this week, and we're going to kick things off with the first Monster Hunter World Iceborne beta. We're not going to talk about the first one because it was exclusively for PlayStation Plus users. And by the time you're hearing the show, it's already over because it ran from June 21st to June 24th. We're going to talk about the second beta because the second beta is available for all PlayStation 4 users, whether you're a PlayStation Plus user or not. And that starts on Friday. June 28th at 3 a.m. Pacific time, 6 a.m. Eastern, and runs through the same time. So again, 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern on July 1st. So that entire weekend. Preload options are currently available. 
and will be available again a couple days before the second one starts. And you do not need the base game to participate in the beta. And I think that's kind of cool. That's awesome, actually. That's very cool. That's a that's a good way to get people in on it too. <laughs> yeah. So, what, 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 so this is the uh, so is, is it going to be standalone DLC though? It is not. This is not standalone DLC. It's not a standalone expansion. You will need the base game to play the Iceborne expansion, but you just don't need the base game to participate in the beta. Oh, cool. So I may preload this and check it out next weekend uh, just to kind of get a feel for what the expansion is going to be like to see if it's something I want to jump back into or not. That might be fun. We'll see. The PC version of Kamiko will launch worldwide via Steam on June 26th, which is this Wednesday, while the PlayStation 4 version will launch on June 27th in Japan only. The PlayStation 4 version may also release on the same day here in the West, but as of yet, there is no official sources confirming this. So you have to wait and see. This one looks kind of fun. I might check this out, but I have no idea. Furwind will launch for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation Vita. Crazy to see a Vita game still in 2019. On June 27th, publisher John Dusoft and developer Boomfire Games has announced. This also looks like a lot of fun that I may check this one out at some point in the future. I think we're all going to check this out. Dr. Mario World will launch for iOS via the App Store and Android via Google Play on July 10th as a free-to-play title with in-app purchases Nintendo has announced. Kyle, you sent out a tweet. I was going to say, you sent out a tweet the day that they announced this and said that you're back to being a mobile gamer. Why? I know why Frank's excited for Dr. Mario World. Why are you excited for this? Tell me about it. I have such good memories of playing Dr. Mario growing up. I like puzzle games, you know, the puzzle uh, games like this anyways, starting with Dr. Mario and Yoshi on the NES. I liked both of those games a lot. I have a lot of memories, countless hours in front of my TV playing the NES version of Dr. Mario. My parents were huge Dr. Mario gamers as well. My entire family played this game growing up. Brilliant game. Best music. I mean, such iconic music between chill and fever in the Dr. Mario series. I hope yes. they bring this back for the mobile. Yeah. And they have to be there, dude. If it's they're not, be. what are they, they doing? Are iconic. What are they doing? Yeah. What are they doing if they're not there? What are they so doing? I'm excited. I like Dr. Mario a lot. I also play Dr. Mario in Smash Brothers. He's one of my characters. So big fan of Dr. Mario. Nice. Frank, I know you're going to be... Uh, obviously downloading this as well dr bowser baby (laughs) this is gonna be a lot of fun hopefully uh there'll be some type of connectivity so that we can play either against each other things like that i I really don't know what is going to be in dr mario world because i haven't looked into it too much and i'm just gonna kind of be surprised on july 10th when i download it uh i hope that there's some type of competitive stuff that we can link up and, and play against each other that'd be really fun Falconry-based platformer Eagle Island will launch for Nintendo Switch via the eShop and PC via Steam on July 11th. Publisher Screenwave Media and developer Pixelnix has announced. Uh, I have no idea. I haven't. I didn't look into this one too much, so I might check that out. It seems cool. Falconry-based platformer. I like platformer games. I like Falcons. Frank might be a Douglas-type game. Who knows? Oh my Eagle god! Have another Falcon. Yeah, apparently it's a Falconry-based platformer. So I like I like platformers. So I'll check it. I'll check it out. Gung-Ho Online Entertainment America will release Puzzle and Dragons Gold for Nintendo Switch in North America in late 2019, the publisher announced. That's super cool because this game is very popular over in Japan. Uh, Puzzle and Dragons is a a very big IP over there. So it's it's cool that it's finally going to start potentially releasing here in North America as well. Uh, I will absolutely check this out when it comes out. It's another puzzle type game like Dr. Mario, Tetris. It's, It's in that same style. So our last bit 
on the weekly wrap up this week. Disaster Report 4 Plus Summer Memories is coming to PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam in North America and Europe in early 2020. Publisher NAS America has announced it will feature Japanese audio with English subtitles. The PlayStation 4 version will also support PSVR. It's a big deal. This game's been over. It's been kind of landlocked to Japan for a while. A lot of people have been asking for it to come over because it, it's definitely unique. It's it's fun. And I want to check this out. So this is definitely a pickup for me in sometime in early 2020. I, I typically get anything NAS America puts out anyway. I, I, I enjoy them as a localization company, but I'll check this one out for sure. Uh, also, developer Niantic uh, released Wizards Unite. So if you want to become a wizard and fight me. Yeah, I, 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 I glossed over that because I didn't know where we were going to slot that in. I, a lot of people have been talking about it, though. If you want to add me, if you want to add me as a friend, four eight two zero eight eight seven. I mean six seven zero three seven two. Make yeah, it memorized. No, I'm looking at my phone. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that's pretty good. You, you are, pretty good. You are definitely trying to become a wizard, aren't you? I I'm a level five Slytherin wizard. Thank you very much. That music right there, though, means it's time for the new releases for the week of June 24th. But first, we have the Metacritic results from two weeks ago. Now, here here we we go. go. We did one game, and unfortunately, it was only three of us. So Kyle doesn't really. We know Kyle's not winning. He wasn't on the show. He wasn't on the show two weeks ago. Uh, What else is new? (laughs) We did one game, Dragonstar Varnier. I said 67, Frank said 75, Sean said 73. There were eight reviews and it's only PS4. 78, the official Metacritic, which means Frank, only one game this week. So you do win the entire week with your 75 prediction. Oh man, congratulations, Frank, you leveled up. You are the big booty daddy champion of level down games and get to choose the parting. No, no, no. Oh, you get to choose don't, the don't, don't worry. I'm, the winning, game I'm winning that as well. The game of the week. You get to choose yeah, I was gonna the say, I'm so used week to it. this week for the new releases. And uh, except for when you uh, go against me, though, yeah, you kind of have a bad record. Yeah, sometimes. I don't know, Frank. You don't always win that. Yeah. Well, that's because you cheat. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. We're going to skip over today, Monday, June 24th. We'll move on to tomorrow, Tuesday, June 25th. We have couple games coming out, a couple big games, a couple small games. Well, first off, the Nintendo Switch version of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is a gothic horror action side-scrolling RPG set in 18th century England. A paranormal force has summoned a demon-infested castle, revealing crystal shards infused with tremendous magical power. Play as Miriam, an orphan scarred by an alchemist's curse, which slowly crystallizes her body. To save humanity and herself in the process, Miriam must fight through the castle and defeat the summoner Gebel, or Jebel. I think, I think they say Jebel in the game. Collect, craft, and unlock a vast array of weapons, equipment, and loot to defeat the countless minions and bosses of hell that await. As we talked about earlier in the show, super fun game. Definitely check this one out. The next game coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, June 25th, to PlayStation 4 only, Judgment. From the makers of the acclaimed Yakuza series, Ryo Kagotaku Studio, Judgment is the dramatic tale of a disgraced lawyer seeking redemption in a world ripe with corruption and despair. Investigate the seedy red light district of Kamurochu by stepping into the mind of private detective Takayuki Yagami and utilize innovative investigation systems to uncover the secrets that lie deep within Kamarako's, or Kamaracho's corrupt underbelly. It is Kamaracho. 
Experience visceral combat with two unique combat styles. Take down groups of thugs with sweeping blows and crane style, then switch to Tiger to overwhelm a single foe with a series of powerful strikes. Practice mixing and matching styles in combat in conjunction with a wide variety of skills, weapons, and powerful and hilarious EX actions to unlock a whole new dimension in combat. Judgment marks the first time in over 12 years that a game set in the Yakuza series universe has received an English dub for its Western release. This is a huge cast as well. And the, the PR goes on. A star-studded English voice cast brings Judgment to life. Greg Chun takes on the role of Judgment's protagonist, Takayuki Yagami, supported by Crispin Freeman, Matthew Mercer, Jeremy Lee, Yuri Lowenthal, James Hong, Ella Ross, Amy Walker, Matt Yang King, Fred Tadaskori, Brian McNamara, as well as guest appearances by Sung Wong Cho, Christina V, Max Middleman, and many, many more. Metagritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one. Go. So it's a 90 from me, a 71 from Frank, a 82 from Sean, and a 70 from Kyle. Okay. Boy, we're all over the place on that one, huh? The decimal point doesn't count, Frank. <laughs> You're just going 71. Had you put 71.6, I would have rounded you up to 72. I'm going to round if you do decimals. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling this is going to do really well, though. I'm, 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 I'm staking it on my 90 there, so I, I think this game will do well. Next up, tomorrow... Tuesday, June 25th, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One. The game everyone's waiting for, Monster Jam, Steel Titans. Real trucks, real action, Monster Jam. Monster Jam Steel Titans delivers the complete Monster Jam experience for everybody to enjoy. All the trucks, stunts, stadiums, racing, and massive air in one game. Play in various game modes, including stadium and outdoor racing, various stunt challenges, and destruction modes. Metacritic guesses. Please reveal in three, two, one, go. So 58 from me, a 59 from Kyle, a 69 from Frank, and a 45 from Sean. Kyle sniping in there with the 59, stealing my thunder with my 58. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Love how close we can be sometimes on that. I think this game, I think we're all right there. Uh, this game is not going to be good, but you know what? I kind of want to play it to see how bad it is. <laughs> oh, oh, why are you talking boo about my pick for uh, game of the week? I kind of want to play this to see how bad it is. I kind of want to play it just because who doesn't want to be a monster truck? I mean, yeah, but after three minutes of it, you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go back to. Wow, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go grind a daily in Quelthalos because that's better than this. Next up, coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, Samurai Showdown. After nearly 10 years out of the spotlight, Samurai Showdown is back with a vengeance. Developed by the team behind the critically acclaimed King of Fighters 14, 13 beloved fighters return, along with three new to do battle on this legendary stage. Frank, are you familiar with this series at all? Not at all. Me neither. And 10 years out of the spotlight, uh, the same team that did King of Fighters 14 I'm assuming it's a fighting game. Might be something you're interested in checking out. Is that SNK then? It's SNK, yeah, for sure, because that's King of Fighters. So mm -hmm. it's definitely an SNK fighter. I, I'm, willing to, I'm, I'm willing to bet I have this uh, on my list. Actually. I got the whole big pack of SNK games. Yeah, you might have like the, the retro versions. So huh. uh, you might want to check that out and see what it is, because I have no like familiarity with this IP at all. And that's kind of interesting. Our last game coming tomorrow, Tuesday, June 25th to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4, Super Neptunia RPG. 
The self-proclaimed hero Neptune awakens or awakes in a familiar world, but has no recollection of anything other than her name. With the help of a mysterious girl named Chrome, as well as three other familiar faces beloved in the Neptunia series, Neptune embarks on a journey through the mysterious dimension to try to regain her memory. Little do they know, the world they inhabit is under attack by an enemy who wants to take civilization back to the time where 2D reigns supreme. Can Neptune and her friends save the world in 3D games as we know it, or will they be flattened into two dimensions forever? That sounds like a cool idea. Dude, I have been waiting for this game. I luckily shout out, obviously, to Idea Factory because they're so nice to us, but uh, provided a copy of the game. I have checked out the initial opening moments of this game. I need to get back in there and, and really play through this because I've been dying and waiting for this game. Metacritic guesses on this one, though. Reveal in three two, one, go. It's a 75 from me, a 63 from Frank, a 73 from Sean, and a 78 from Kyle. I, uh, Frank, I think you're a bit too low on that one. I think you're, I think you're not I giving just, him enough I credit. Don't, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar, so, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I just don't think you're giving this one enough credit. I, I definitely think it will be somewhere in the 70s. We'll have to see, but I... Uh, it like, honestly, it sounds like a cool idea, so... I, I actually think this might be the Neptunia game you would really enjoy. This might be the one that Maybe uh, maybe you want to get its into. name. Its name isn't long enough, though. Well, I think a it is. Ja- a, a, good, a good Japanese game has like six or seven words in its title. OK, I bet you there is some such torp. Let me see here. Nope. It actually just I, th- I was wondering if there was like a subtitle onto that as well. There is not uh, nothing on Wednesday, June 26th. We'll move on to Thursday, June 27th, coming to Nintendo Switch. Moto GP 19. Yes. <laughs> MotoGP19 celebrates passion for motorsports with many new features. With the historical challenges mode, you can relive the most exciting rivalries that made the history of the MotoGP. Compete with a faster, smarter, and more accurate AI based on machine learning. I love how how there's exclamations on that. There's exclamation points everywhere. (laughs) Play with your favorite 2019 championship rider and race on 19 different tracks. Discover all the classes, MotoGP, Moto2, Moto3, Red Bull, MotoGP, Rookies Cup, and the new Moto E. Create your style and customize your helmet, lower back patch, and racing number with the new graphic editors. Improve your bike's performance working on different technical aspects during dedicated tests and plan your strategy to be the best. Also on Thursday, June 27th, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, The Sinking City. And I'm actually excited for this one. The Sinking City is an adventure and investigation game set in an open world inspired by the universe of HP Lovecraft, the master of horror. The game is being developed by Frogwares, a studio that has won many awards for the Sherlock Holmes games. Half submerged, Oakmont is in the grips of supernatural forces. As a detective, you have to uncover the truth about what is possessing the city and the minds of its inhabitants. Metacritic guesses please reveal in three two one go it's a 72 from me a 74 from frank a 79 from sean and also a 72 from kyle so uh we talked on that one nice um dude i've noticed that we we tend to think similarly in terms of our scores and i like that because, because we both you're both jackasses well, not only that, but we, 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 are, we are the two that write reviews for Level Down Games, so I kind of like that we're always kind of in the same mindset for scores because uh, it, it just means I never have to worry about what I think he's going to score a game. <laughs> I don't think we've ever disagreed on, like, when it comes to final really have reviews, yeah. we're really we, always we really have right it. in the same wheelhouse. It's, yeah, it might be like 0.5 off here and there, but that's pretty much it. So it's, it's always really, really close. We have two more games this week on Friday, June 28th. First coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, F1 2019. 
the official video game of the 2019 FIA Formula One World Championship. F1 2019 challenges you to defeat your rivals in the most ambitious F1 game in Codemasters' history. F1 2019 features all the official teams, drivers in all 21 circuits from the 2019 season. This year sees the inclusion of F2 with players being able to complete the 2018 season with the likes of George Russell, Lando Norris, and Alexander Albon. Great. I don't know who they are. Having established itself as one of the highest rated racing franchises of all time, F1 2019 built on the success of previous iterations and delivers an experience that rivals the quality and production values of its real life race counterpart. With greater emphasis on graphical fidelity, the environments have been enhanced significantly and the tracks come to life like never before. Night races have been completely overhauled, creating vastly improved levels of realism and the upgraded F1 broadcast sound and visuals add further realism to all aspects of the race weekend. I knew these games were still made. I think these games are still really popular. Metacritic score and no, no, no. I, I, I don't. I tend not to do ones that most of us don't care about. But <laughs> I think that whoa, this one has Lando Norris and Alexander Albon. How dare you? Yeah, it's George Lucas and Lando Calrissian. <laughs> I uh, again, I knew they still made these games. <laughs> But I didn't think that they were that popular, but maybe they are. Maybe they really are. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Our last game this week, though, coming to Nintendo Switch on Friday, June 28th, Super Mario Maker 2. You are super duper. I didn't realize that was a sound effect. I thought that was somebody talking. I thought that sounds funny. I didn't expect the pause. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's why I thought it was somebody talking. <laughs> Mario fans of the world, unite. Now you can play, create, and share the side-scrolling Super Mario courses of your dreams. Dive into the single-player story mode and play built-in courses to rebuild Princess Peach's castle. Make your own courses alone or together. And with a Nintendo Switch Online membership, share your courses across a near-endless supply made by others. Access a near-endless supply made by others. Sorry about that. Enjoy online multiplayer and more. A new side-scrolling Mario adventure that unleashes the creative potential of Super Mario Maker 2 awaits in story mode, which contains over 100 built-in courses. And in Course Maker, a wide range of parts, tools, and more are available so you can construct your own courses. Want coin shooting cannons? Bowser riding on a giant Goomba? Cat Mario sliding down slopes to take out an army of baddies? Go for it. You call the shots. Power up the fun even further with a Nintendo Switch Online membership, which gives you access to Course World. In its wealth of online content and functionality. Track your rankings, share your creations, and leave comments after you've played courses. With a Nintendo Switch Online membership, you can also tackle Endless Challenge, save online courses locally for later offline play, enjoy online multiplayer with players both near and far, and customize how you appear to others by dressing your me character with fun accessories. I know for a fact that I think three of the four of us are getting us. I think myself, Frank, and Kyle are picking this up on Friday. Yeah, Sean, I think you're waiting or not potentially picking this up right away, but I think you might. Well, if you chumps add me on your freaking friend list, I mean, gosh, what's you, you do know that uh, we have are friends on the switch, right? We are friends on the switch. I could have sworn advantage you. Only you are. Well, maybe Frank, maybe Kyle show ain't. I thought we Guaranteed were best we are. No, Come on. Nope. I know. For, I know for a fact. I know for a fact Kyle and I aren't friends on the switch. So we need to be. <laughs> we definitely need to be. But Metacritic guesses on this one, please. And reveal in three, two, one, go. It's an 89 from me, 89 from Frank, a 93 from Kyle, and a 90 from Sean. We are all right there, and that's perfect. Oh, yeah. That is, uh, I think that's pretty accurate. I think it's going to be right around a 90, so that's fun. And I can't wait to play this game on Friday. But 
pick of the week this week goes to Frank. And what is your choice? Atelier Lalua, the Silent of Arland. <laughs> no, I like this week because a lot of uh, motorsports games. We got the Monster Jam, still Titans. We got uh, oh MotoGP. We got F1. Uh, all those, all those games. Cause like a fat one, Mario Maker, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> so the official uh, pick of the week this week goes to Super Mario Maker 2 with a special shout out to Judgment. No, no, Judgment gets nothing. No. <laughs> special, special shout out to Monster Jam. <laughs> Monster Jam was your number two. To Monster Jam, Seal Titans. But no, the pick of the week this week is uh, Super Mario Maker 2. Brian here once again from the Max Level Podcast, and I quickly want to talk to you about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts, so much more. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, and soon, news pieces will be returning to our outlet as we move into a period where we will have more time to do so. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much. Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. I want to talk something here. I want to discuss a hypothetical Hulu-like service for gaming subscriptions. And I'm basically going to read exactly what I wrote here because I, I like how I wrote this. And uh, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I'm hoping you had a chance to read through this and, and formulate some opinions and ideas before the show. But I want to discuss nope. a hypothetical Hulu-like service for gaming subscriptions. <laughs> if you're <Nope>. unaware. <laughs> <laughs> you think we look at these notes, Brian? If you're unaware, Hulu was founded by Fox, NBC, Disney, and an investment firm known as Providence Equity Partners. These three major players in the television market came together and put together a service that provided excellent quality and continually got better. Right now, you can watch with ads for $6 a month. Most people I know go ad-free and pay $12 a month. And of course, there's the live TV option, which I think, Frank, you have for $45 yes. a month. Uh, unless you were grandfathered in, because that $45 is the new price. I don't know if they raised your price yet or not. Uh, yeah, they will. You know, they will. They will. They will, they will win it eventually. But yeah, for, for right now, uh, if you sign up today, it's $45 a month for the live TV option. Gaming subscription services are always, always going to cost more on a per-month basis. Video games take way longer to make than an average TV show or movie. The staff is quite a bit larger, and each game can cost up to $60, whereas you only have to pay 12 to see a movie in a theater. So we currently have Xbox Game Pass sitting at $10 or $15 per month, depending on which uh, tier you want. Origin slash EA Access, which is $5 or $15 a month. And Uplay Plus, which is set to release in September and will be $15 per month. So what I want to talk about here, then this hypothetical Hulu-like service, what if companies like Bethesda, Square Enix, Activision, Bandai Namco, and maybe one more, or just those four, got together and put together a Hulu-like service where all of their games would launch on it day and date with regular store shelves, plus maybe some smaller companies like, I don't know, Sega, NAS America, Idea Factory, etc. These smaller guys could jump in and release games on there from time to time to make a small profit whenever they do. Kind of like how Hulu had other channels, but not every show from that particular channel true, was going true. to be included so these guys could jump in and maybe just put like one game on there at a time maybe they say okay well we'll put this one but not, not this one things like that but the ones that invest in it like bethesda square enix activision band and amco if those were your four investors every game they made would be on there because it's their thing 
So this hypothetical Hulu-like service would charge 50 a month for this, still cheaper than buying a new release game off the shelf for 60, and consumers would still be getting games cheaper. But the catch is, again, much like all these other services, you only have to pay for the months when a game is releasing that you want to play, just like Origin Access, just like Xbox Game Pass, just like Uplay Plus is going to be when it comes out in September. Why? because of the zero contracts that these come with. You only need to sign up for the services on months that a game is releasing you want to play. Now you might be asking, isn't that going to cause any of these companies putting stock into this hypothetical Hulu-like service to lose money or sales? And to that, I say no, but maybe you can argue against it and tell me why you think they would. But I say no, because of this. At $50 a month, say it's just those four companies, that's roughly $12 a month per company per month so about $144 per year or the cost of two and a half games. The average consumer does not buy two games from each of those companies every single year. I can tell you right now, the average consumer is not buying two Activision games. The average consumer is not buying two Square Enix games, two Bandai Namco games and two Bethesda games every single year. So if they just got one person to pay for it for one month and then another person paid for it another month and they made $144 that year out of all those people, they still made a profit because all those people combined wouldn't have bought two and a half games for each of those companies. Not only that, but they probably wouldn't have bought the game anyway. They were looking to save a few bucks. They signed up for the service. They decided they were going to, you know, I'm going to play this game. I'm going to pay 50. That's still, even if they only played one game, that's still saving them money. But the companies are still making a profit on that in the end, as long as other people are signing up as well. And enough people would definitely sign up to save not only $10, but if I signed up to say play Doom Eternal in November, I can also check out Call of Duty Modern Warfare during that same month that I signed up because it comes out two weeks prior. So I want to discuss this hypothetical partnership. Which companies do we think would be interested in getting involved? And if we think Nintendo or Sony will ever do their own service like this in the future. So you hear you heard what I had to say. That's literally my entire thoughts on this and why I think this is a good idea and why I think it would be profitable. If you agree, awesome. Tell me why. But if you disagree, tell me why as well. I think you're onto something. I do. I think so, too. But I think it I think it needs work. And that's where you guys come in. Here, here's here's my contrarian view on things. Uh, Brian, do you have Netflix? I do. Do you have Hulu? I do. No, no, be honest with me. Do you pay for those subscriptions? I do. OK, do you share them with anyone? Family that in the same household. OK, so you're in the minority. OK, a lot of us share amongst multiple households. Yeah, I do not do uh, that. Okay, that's not gonna, that won't work for video game things. I don't think the $50 a month price point, while it makes sense, don't get me wrong, it makes perfect sense. I don't think that's going to entice enough people to make this a viable thing. 50 bucks a month is a lot of money, and, and I can see where that would be a problem for some people. I mean, I, I'm, I have a job, my wife has a job, but I mean, 50 bucks a month, when you look at it, we would both be like, no, you know, it's just not something that we'd be willing to do. But I like the idea, and, and, and that's and that's still the entertainment budget that I normally have for a month anyway. So it's not like it's not a bank breaker. It's, Let me know, tell you why I settled on fifty. Let me tell you why. Do you remember how excited we were when Best Buy had the Gamers Club unlocked, and we could save the ten percent off new release games? That came to forty eight dollars with tax. It was fifty one, so about fifty bucks. When Amazon Prime, when you pre-order on that to save your ten percent on the games that they used to do when they did that, I don't think they do that anymore. But when they did, it was ten percent which brought the games down 
to $50. And we were so excited to save $10 every single time. The same level of excitement could still be there for a service like this. You're still getting it for $10 off. You get to play the game for 30 days. Most people can beat a game in 30 days. And not only you're not only buying one game now, you're buying a service for a month at $50 with a shitload of games, not even just one. You're you're talking your entertainment budget. And Sean, you're like you, you and your wife looking at, you know, maybe a game coming out like Mario Maker 2, eh, 50 bucks. That ain't worth it. You're not getting just one game for $50 for 30 days. You're getting whatever's on that service for $50 for 30 days. Oh, it's, it's a good games. deal. Oh, great. I do deal. think it's a good deal. I think that you're seeing a lot of this come into the industry right now, which is why it's a great time to talk about it. I think the closest company to this is either Stadia no, or Microsoft. Like, Xbox or Microsoft. Xbox yeah, Game Pass is the closest one two, I'm thinking of right now. I think those two are roughly like what you're going at. Yes, because Xbox Game Pass has things from third parties on there. They have things from Square Enix. They have things from Bandai Namco. They strike contracts with these third parties to to do this. Now, going back to that, Microsoft themselves could make this hypothetical Hulu-like service. They could do it on their own. They could they could write the contracts with not only Activision, not only Bethesda, not only Square Enix, and not only Bandai Namco, but everybody. They could bring in Sega. They could bring in NAS America, Idea Factory, all of 505 Games, all of these companies. They could bring them all in. They could get THQ Nordic if they wanted to. They could, they could sully their name. They could bring all of these studios and publishers <laughs> and developers into the mix, pay them a set amount, and let them put their games on that platform. That could really work. And Microsoft could do it alone. And I think Microsoft is slowly getting to that point. But I think I wanted to to kind of explore a, a alternative because that's what Hulu was to Netflix that when it came out, it was an alternative. And it was like, it, not, not, I guess it is kind of competition now. But uh, for a while there, it was just an alternative solution because they had a lot of and mostly different things. You know, if I here's the deal, if Stadia came out tomorrow and they announced that they were doing a pro tier club, which they are, but it specifically was geared towards allowing you to access free content and then large name titles you could play for, you know, like you said, 30 hours, you know, and then if you want to buy it at that point, you buy it at a discounted rate of like $40 instead of 60 or something like that. That would be something that I would heavily consider. You know, if if I paid like $15 a month and I had the ability to play games that I probably would never buy, maybe that's better than not getting anything at all from me as a consumer. It's like if you go on Steam and if it's not in like the top 50, people are probably not buying it and you're not getting anything. So you might as well get something for it back. That's that would be something that I'm interested in. I think you're onto something. I like it. I would like it to be from a company that isn't necessarily in charge of developing games where they have to all all games are third party, you know. So, I mean, yes, Stadia has their own in-house studio, but I would like them to just be a service from the side that pulls all of its resources in, because if I want to subscribe to something, I would like the variety. it, It entices them to go out and recruit other people to be in part of the service instead of just feeding me whatever they've got as their core content and then like maybe a couple third-party titles so if you can pull that off i would heavily consider ordering stadia tomorrow i mean it's 
it sounds like a dream honestly it's just do i have the time to play all of those games no and so you're definitely going to see a lot of studios benefit from it and it might in, entice people to actually step up their game on some of these lower titles i don't know but i like it i think it's a good idea i'd be interested to see what kyle has to say who's a father of you know children and he's he's well everyone's a father if they have children but you know what i mean like he's got multiple kids <laughs> some <laughs> he's, people he's are got fathers of an idea right like nikola tesla <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> got a point I, I don't know what is your take on it kyle you have a budget for these types of things i i do and and like you said 50 dollars or 45 dollars a month wouldn't break the bank but to me the main difference is that Television and video games are a different type of service and they release in different schedules. When you have Fox, Disney and NBC and Disney being ABC as far as Hulu is concerned. Right. So Fox, Correct. ABC, yeah, absolutely. NBC, absolutely. absolutely. Every fall, each of those stations is releasing eight to ten new TV shows that are going to air over the fall. And each of those is going to release one new episode a week. So you're getting potentially if you watch all of them from just let's say to, to take one of those stations, that's 10 hours of entertainment a week for the price of Hulu. Now there's, let's say four weeks a month, 40 hours times three is the amount of stations, just those stations. What if you get the AMC shows in there, right? You're getting hundreds of hours of entertainment every, every month for the, the $6 that Hulu costs. If you want to watch the ads, and during the summer, Hulu likes to put out a couple of movies or a couple of original TV shows. Handmaiden's Tale season three just came out in order to try to fill in those gaps and keep people subscribed throughout the summer. If we have Bandai Namco, Activision, Square Enix, Bethesda, how many releases between those four companies came out in June? Well, if you pick one month and you pick a heavy month, then it's awesome. If you pick a month like June where nobody comes out with anything. Okay, now how nothing. about July or August? How many releases from those four companies? If those are the four companies that are going in on this service, how many releases are they going to have during those three months? Are you obligated June, to July, pay for those three August. months? What's that? Are you obligated to pay for those three months? No, abs absolutely not. But then who's going to? What's the point of the service over June, July, August? Yeah. The Hulu third, the games Hulu, that are on there already. Hulu and Netflix don't survive with people who are like are going, oh, I'm going to pay for this month, not pay for this month. And if you're going to enter this kind of market, it's the, the people aren't going to be policing or, or hovering over their account. I think if you lower the price to $24.99, which seems like you're taking a bit of a hit, people might I be more apt. Huge hit at that point, but maybe you're right. That's, that's $300 a year per person. Um, you take a little bit of a hit. But people will keep their subscriptions going because people are like, ah, it's only twenty five bucks, fifty dollars. Fifty dollars is one of those. I'm saying, hey, that's, that's fifty bucks. That's half a hundred. That's a lot of money. Well, you know what? You bring up a good point, Frank. And, and we're wrestling fans here, and so some of us are familiar with this. Vince McMahon used to charge fifty dollars for pay per view, and he had yeah. a huge one every every at least two months, right? So if you're a diehard wrestling fan and you every two months bought a pay per view from him, gosh, you spent six times. $50, $300 a year. Now he went to a formula where he's got a $10 a month network and you get all of his content and he makes more money off of people. 
And it's you're, you're absolutely right. You get people to buy in at a lower percentage who think, oh, that's not as much money as I would spend, not even by a mile. I'll that's do why, it. That's, that's why EA and Ubisoft and Xbox charge what they do because they're just one company. Right, right, right. But if you charge 25 bucks as opposed to like the five bucks or 15 bucks from EA or like, you know, the Xbox Game Pass 10 to 15 and you include four companies, all of a sudden someone who's looking at it thinking, wow, one company charges 15. I can get four or five for not even double that. I I think I would do it. And I'm not even a guy that's part of that market. Like I would be the first person to say, no, not interested, even if it was a great deal, because I know I don't have the time or I I just don't want to play all those games. But I would still be like, how do I not do that? Not only does it include the opportunity to play the games unlimited, sure, but it opens up the possibility of saying like, hey, casual gamers, pay us 25 a month. You have access to these five companies with all their studios. And if a game comes out, you want to play with your friends. You don't have to worry about what system they buy it on because you're playing with us and you can play it with them no matter what. I would want to do that. It's the perfect way to guarantee that I'll be able to enjoy the game I want when I want with the people I want. The big hypothetical, though, is can you imagine like Nintendo and Microsoft speak together like they actually have these two big because they'll never be Sony. Sony will never partner up with anyone. I can imagine Nintendo getting in with other studios and doing it on a Nintendo based platform because Nintendo has this expansive relationship with a lot of different studios that goes over years and years of releases like Square Enix is a great example, right? Square Enix, before PlayStation came out, they released everything on Super Nintendo, everything on whatever they could Nintendo platform, because that was like that platform of choice for them. They never went on Sega or anything else, really. And um, if you put it like all the Final Fantasies on the Nintendo like you have now, who's to say that like if Nintendo didn't up their service for Nintendo online and put the Final Fantasy titles in to test run it, I think it could work really well. You know, that's just me. If you were going to pay them a month, like monthly, like, hey, Square Enix, we're going to pay you this much per month to feature your titles online. The average time it takes to beat a Square game would probably warrant a casual gamer at least two months to beat it. So you're, you're stretching the value of what you're getting out of these games, depending on the length. And so it's not just, oh, I'm paying you X dollars per one month to feature your game because someone's going to come back and play it for two, three, four months. And then you made the money you would have made anyway, selling it to them flat out. So it's, it's got replayability built into it too. It's not like you're losing on just the sale because people are going to keep coming back to play it. Like uh, if Microsoft is doing it with halo, right? They charge, they charge $60 to buy the game flat out. And then you play it for however long they service the game with servers or they do it on Xbox Game Pass, and if it's a good game and people are playing it for six, nine months, if like really good games do, they get that kind of playability out of them. You make more money having someone subscribe to this service. Absolutely. Just because of that alone, and that's one game. Imagine if you hook people with that one game. What's the benefit of subscribing to the service at that point instead of just buying the game? Exactly. If I was going to play for nine months, I'd probably buy the game. But the catalog is a huge, I mean, a huge reason of why to stay subscribed. It's not about the fact that you're losing the sale. It's about the fact that you're getting people to play the game that normally wouldn't play the game because other titles demand their money or their time. So 
if you feature your game on there and you get a cut and the average time that people play it equals out to a sale, why wouldn't you feature it on there? Even if even if someone plays the game for, let's say, you know, they play casually for a year, that's still better than selling it. Well, sure. I mean, it makes fine business sense from from their point of view. But again, as a consumer, I think you have to look at your your dollar to enjoyment ratio. And that's different for every every person. But, True. you know, I've, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn for about five months now on and off and ah, six months now that I think about it, about six months now on and off. Now, what if I was playing that game on that service? They would have made their money on you and you would have had their enjoyment out of it because you would pay less per month to enjoy more games and still have the ability to go back and play Horizon Zero Dawn when you want. I don't think I would have gotten my money out of it because I did buy Horizon Zero Dawn, but I've been able to play it at my own pace. And if I'm paying $50 just to play Horizon Zero Dawn, and I don't care about the back catalog, which, let's be fair, people that subscribe to Hulu or Netflix often do so because they want to see one specific thing, like The Office. There are a lot of people who subscribe to Netflix because they watch Office reruns over and over and over again, right? The big one the big one at the beginning of the year was the friend, uh, Friends, Friends, because they were getting right. ready to lose it to the uh, the WB or whatever streaming exactly. service. Exactly. And so if, if I'm subscribing just to play Horizon Zero Dawn, all of a sudden I've put myself on this artificial time limit that I need to beat Horizon Zero Dawn within 30 days. And if I don't, I'm going to be paying at least $100 to play Horizon Zero Dawn, which I like Horizon Zero Dawn, but I don't want to pay $100 for it. You bring up a great point. You're looking at it from the same aspect that the businesses would. That's how I've been talking about it this whole time is how is it feasible for the businesses to do it? Yeah, they want you to pay $100 to play their game. (laughs) As a consumer, you're not paying $100 to play that one game if you are in enjoying the rest of the service. So, I mean, you have to market it and gear it towards people like you get all of these games for just this low price, which we've we've grown up with that happening all the time. But for them, the only way that it's going to happen is if you look at it from a single game standpoint and think, okay, this is my bell cow. I can make $200 off of it instead of 50. That equals out the losses that I would take on the other games that we put on the service that we pay out to. Let's do it. So, I mean, you're looking at it as an intelligent consumer, but not a lot of gamers are intelligent consumers. <laughs> you, log, you log into Fortnite and you see how many things that they've sold that are just stupid and don't even matter to the game. League of Legends, microtransactions, microtransactions have proven Warcraft, alone. Come on. World of Warcraft. The pets. All of the that, has that you proven, All of that's proven that people are not thinking about it the way that you and I are. Like they'll spend money on it if they enjoy it regardless, you know? And so that's the thing. Like you have a great point, Kyle, but most people don't think that. But $50, $50 is not a micro transaction. That is a transaction. Maybe a macro transaction. That is a, you know, micro transactions are on the scale of, you know, $10 or under, I would say. So I don't think that this falls in the same wheelhouse either. People are much. That, this is why things work. I bought a dollar ninety nine skin for a car in Rocket League. I'm driving the Ecto one in Rocket League right now, but I only bought it because it was a dollar ninety nine. What's a dollar ninety nine? Right. Fifty dollars, though. What's twenty five dollars when you can play five studios worth of games? However, th- you want, think, when you want. I think if Frank, I think if they they went Frank's route, charge twenty four ninety nine, people would potentially forget about it and just 
rack up a bill. Then that's a that's a much more manageable number. I agree. Yeah, I just I I just don't see them potentially going for that price point right away. I, I could see this launching at a forty nine ninety nine a month type thing where they try to make some money off of it and just they market it as that alternative to you know Amazon's pre orders or Best Buy's Gamers Club Unlocked, but you're getting this catalog of stuff for $50 a month to play whatever you want. Uh, it could work, but there could be some issues. Watch the trends in entertainment. This is where we're moving towards. Absolutely. And I do think that this is in our future. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. Let me ask you this, Brian, since since Microsoft is like the one that's closest, it's it's like Skynet is almost active, right? Correct. You have to pay for the base Microsoft Xbox Live service and then you get the Xbox Game Pass if you're on an Xbox. Is that right? Like you pay both fees? No. No, you just pay. It just. Are you talking about Xbox Live then then Xbox Game Pass? Correct. There's a package that you can get for 15 a month that includes Xbox games or Xbox Gold. So you have that 30 days of Xbox Live plus Xbox Game Pass and it's $14.99. Okay, so I feel like companies should not go higher than that. I feel like 15 bucks, that's the price point where people are going to look at it and go, you better give me a lot more if you're going to charge me more than 15 because you I can get think, the entire I Xbox experience plus the service. I think they could go higher because it's just Microsoft. Again, they are signing contracts to get some games on there, but it's not a ton of third-party games. Most of the stuff on there is Microsoft-type games. I think if if we had a service that was four companies coming together, they could get away with a twenty four ninety nine or even a twenty nine ninety nine price point, and and or again they could try a fifty dollar price point and see how it would work out, because that would be like one company being fourteen ninety nine. Now I kind of like that idea of maybe Microsoft having tiers as well, where they charge the you know it's nine ninety nine a month to get xbox game pass on pc it's 4.99 i think no it's 9.99 as well on console now they're charging 14.99 to get they give you xbox live for 30 days plus xbox game pass what if they charge 24.99 and then they bring in a couple other companies that are always going to be there day and date on release day maybe they maybe they just start doing tiers and then if you pay for that 24.99 then you have access to the bandai namco the bethesda all that stuff but if you still want to pay 14.99 you just still have whatever microsoft puts on there what would be considered like the basic tier at that point might be a way something to go about we, it. Something we haven't even talked about yet is Twitch. If you look at the Twitch model for entertainment, each streamer, if you want to sub to them five bucks a month and all you get is like little perks, right? So it's really not even worth it. If you just care about the content, you can get it for free. You just got to watch ads and you don't get to do the emotes and all that BS, but you can still chat, you can still watch it, everything. You look at people who are on Twitch, they're not just subbed to just one person. They pay at least two or three subscriptions a month. I mean, I'm super cheap and I'm subbed to Bruce and Angry Pug. You know what I mean? Like people are willing to spend that amount of money per month just to be entertained. So if they can do it on Twitch and have people rack up three, four, five Twitch subscriptions, which is not uncommon... I think they could totally get away with charging 25, 30 bucks a month to play as many games as you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not unreasonable. However, you have to compete with all these other forms of media to get them to do it. Because I don't think someone who pays for Netflix, Hulu, Twitch subs, 
will come in at the end of all of those and go, oh, wow, you know, do I want to pay for that for my video games too? 25 is a lot compared to these other ones. That's the problem that I'm seeing as a consumer. Like, oh, wow, if I'm going to choose between Netflix and this game service, I might go Netflix. I'd always go game service. I don't care about watching TV that much. <laughs> doing, doing what we do here, I'm always going to choose the games. True, true. But I think you are the minority when it comes to that. A lot comparison. of fashion, being a friend. I might not be the minority in terms of gamer culture, though. A lot of gamers do just like to play games. And I could see a lot of people say, man, if I could pay that and have all this entertainment for that, I wouldn't really need to watch TV. I don't know. It, it, it'd be interesting. And I think it is an interesting topic that uh, that a lot of people are going to start paying a lot more attention to now that xbox game pass is getting more popular now that it's on pc now that we have uplay plus coming out origin access still going strong coming to ps4 as well uh next month even origin access is so finally but pay attention to this because it is trending it is important and i think that there will be some type of service like this whether it's microsoft doing it themselves with a different tier or just adding on to game pass or some companies coming together i think that there's potential for this in the future either that or every company is going to have their own which i think would suck but still you only have to pay for the months you want to play so if square enix had one for 10 bucks a month That'd be awesome. I'd, I'd sub to it whenever I want to play one of their games and never have to buy a Square Enix game again. If everyone does it, I'd be happy. If Nintendo did it, I'd be happy. If Sony did it, I'd be happy. They need to. They really need to do it and pay attention because I think that at least one of those two will uh, before the next generation. At least I hope so. I really do. But that music right there means it's time to transition out and go into a little kickstart my heart. And Frank, you actually suggested this one to me the other day, and uh, I, I was glad to see this because we, we love doing the retro games here for Kickstart My Heart, and we have another Sega Genesis type video game. But not only that, it's an action figure line as well. Yes. It's called Switchblade. That's awesome. Yeah, it's called Switchblade. They're looking for $8,500 US dollars. Uh, they... As of time of recording, there's only four days to go. So by the time you're hearing this, there's two days to go. Hopefully they'll be at their goal. They're about, they're less than $1,000 away as of time of recording, but not much than less than $1,000. It's basically they're $1,000 away. So check it out if you're interested in these retro style games that we love talking about here. Again, it's called Switchblade on Kickstarter. So let's look into this. Switchblade was a game originally developed by Core Design, who were famous for Tomb, Tomb Raider, Rick Dangerous, Wolfchild, etc., and published by Gremlin Interactive, who published Top Gear, Body Harvest, and Zool. With the Kickstarter campaign, the team is launching a brand, a new brand called, what is that, Toyetico? Is how I'm assuming that's pronounced, maybe? That's my guess, yeah. Yeah, that is going to be the pinpoint for toy, uh, toy merchandise based on video games Pico Interactive has the rights to. And is this Pico Interactive that's doing this? Is it? Is I can't. Where's the uh, name of the company that's doing this? I'm assuming it's Pico Interactive. It is. Um, but yeah, they've, they've created two things and they've backed four things. So the backstory for Switchblade. On the cyber world of Thrax, Havoc has returned. After 10,000 years of peace, the Fireblade source of power for the ancient Blade Knights has shattered. The night burned red and the people of the Undercity fell for the Undercity. The people of the Undercity fell beneath the onslaught of Havoc's nightmare creatures. Helpless, the Blade Knights died alongside their people. Only one of their order survived. You play Hero, the last of the Blade Knights, a high-tech warrior armed with stealth, cunning, and a powerful reprogrammable cyber arm. 
You must enter the Undercity and reassemble the 16 fragments of the Shattered Fireblade. Only then will you be able to take on Havoc and average the and average the death of your people. I'm assuming avenge. that means revenge, yeah, but uh, and avenge the death of your people. Looking at the, because there isn't a ton of information in this Kickstarter campaign. There's not a ton of information on the actual game itself. I think that's pretty much everything we need to know. Uh, there's some videos to watch. There's some screenshots. It looks, it doesn't even look like a Sega Genesis game. This looks kind of like an NES game and more in my opinion. But I think this is more about the action figure line. And that's pretty freaking cool. I don't know, Frank, you brought this up to me. So what is, what really caught your eye about this? OK, so for one, yeah, they're going to start an action figure line and they're going to be in the same scale as like your He-Man uh, or your uh, your Thundercats toys. As of right now, the only one they have is Hero, but they're 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 looking to actually get like some of the major characters from the game, like the Cyber Snake and such. Uh, but the, the, the reason it really hooked me was for one, they're doing like a physical release of the like, the, like in, a, in a box with that and, and, like, and all that. But their final stretch goal, uh, if they get to one hundred and forty thousand dollars, which is not going to happen, the, with the, not going to happen at all. They're going to release a 90s style Tiger handheld version of the game. How cool would that be? I still want it to happen. That would be so cool. I'm going to reach out to them if this fails just to see if I can get a hold of that. <laughs> like, what do I need to pay? To get one of those things, what do I About need to pay? Ninety thousand more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I love the style. Of the action figure. I really don't care about the action figures. I do. Um, I, I actually jumped into the sixty dollars level. Yeah, yeah. You were telling me about. That. I was just gonna say, what tier did you pledge at? Uh, I, it's actually called the Mega Switchblade figure level. So I get the Hero Action Figure Award as well as the Genesis Mega Drive version, and, uh, you know, physical copy. And they're saying that's estimated to release sometime in November of this year, so we don't have to wait too much longer to go. Uh, if you just want a copy of the game, five dollars get you a digital yeah, copy, right. which is what I'm going to pledge. Like I, I, I'm willing to pay five bucks for the Kickstarter to at least get a copy of the game. Like five, five dollars is one of the cheaper that I've seen to get a digital copy. Normally they charge ten bucks for a digital copy. Twenty bucks if you want the actual action figure, and it'll come with a, a Steam key, so you can actually play the game. So if that's physical level, I'll jump in as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this one looks really cool. Um, like I said, the action figure, definitely a huge selling point. Uh, but unfortunately, there's not a ton of information in their Kickstarter campaign in terms of the actual game itself. So we don't have a lot to go on. So again, the game is called Switchblade. It's on Kickstarter.com. If you're interested in check it out, there's uh, by the time you're hearing this, two days to go. And hopefully it's reached its goal, at least for the initial game and action figure, because that'd be fun. right there means we have slipped into the bonus stage for newcomers what the bonus stage consists of is a series of five questions whomever is the first to shout out their name and then deliver the correct answer within three seconds gets the point if you guess and get it wrong the others have a chance to answer once if everyone is incorrect we move on the person with the most amount of points at the end of bonus stage gets to deliver the final address before the outro are you guys ready Oh yeah! I brought my Let's A game. Do it. Oh, well, I brought so my B game. This. So watch out. Mm-mm. This is the first time we've had all three of you back for a bonus stage in a while. So I'm excited for this. So I'm hoping that uh, gives some Frank some competition here. Question number one. Although Sean, you won last week, so brilliant. Or the week prior to that. Question number one. The original street design for Liberty City and Grand Theft Auto 
was based on which real life metropolis? Kyle. Frank. So, Kyle. New York City. It Frank. is New York City. One point to yes. Frank. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, one point to Kyle. <laughs> Wait, what? Not Frank. Not <laughs> I bet Kyle. Come on now. One point to Kyle. Yeah, it is New York City. You're just used to me not getting points. I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. It's a new day, Brian. <laughs> I uh, I tried to make these ones a little easier than last week because or the last time we did this because you Frank and Sean struggled heavily with the last five questions I did. So I went back to the easier. Shut style. up. It's true. Question number two. <laughs> what is the date setting like the time period of the original Call of Duty? Sean. Sean. 1925. Kyle. Mm, Kyle. World War Two. It is World War Two. Uh, that's not a, a date setting. Uh, he said time period. He said time I said period. Time period. That's why I specifically. I was actually. If, if Sean said 1940s, I was gonna say no, because that's not what I was looking for. I wanted the actual setting. That's bad question. Said, well, no, it's yeah. a good question. Yeah, Perfect I'm gonna question. write my Congress. Perfect question. I understood yes. it. I got it. Yeah, no, Kyle. Kyle understood it. He got the right answer. Two points to Kyle. I, I, I was in the 40s. <laughs> man. The times are changing because Kyle's actually getting things right. Well, that's, what happens when you feed you? that's what happens when you feed them the answers ahead of time. I did not do that. I would never do that. Question number three. Which publishing company was behind the World of Warcraft comic book that ran from 2007 to 2009? Sean. Kyle. Sean. Image Comics? It is not Image Comics. Kyle. Kyle. Dang it. Dark Horse. If it's I said Frank Dark first. Horse. It's not Dark Horse, Frank. It's DC Comics. It is DC Comics. Point to Frank. Nice. <laughs> nice. You guys Whoa. were killing me there. The fact that like, you could guess it was like, oh, I know this one. <laughs> it is DC Comics. So yeah, we now have two points for Kyle and one point for Frank. Question number four. What is the name of the alien race who were the adoptive parents of Samus in the Metroid franchise? Shit. Oh, wow. Frank. Frank. The Zebians. It is not the Zebians. Hold on. Shit. Wow. I don't know. Any yeah. guesses? Eh. All right, we'll move on. The name of that alien race is the Chozo. God damn it. <laughs> the, the, the Chorizo? The, the chorizo. chorizo. No, the Chozo, <laughs> man. You know, going out there in Metroid Prime, finding those Chozo statues all day long. Yeah, it's the Chozo. Oh, yes. You are the Chozo one. It is the Chozo. All right, let's do it. Question number five. Which iconic actor provided the voice of the titular character during the 1990s Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon? Frank. Kyle. Frank. No. Jaleel White. Damn it! It I knew that one. It is just Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel himself. I knew that. Which means we have a tie. We have two points for Frank and two points for Kyle. I need a bonus question, and I did not prepare a bonus question. So let me find one. Just didn't anticipate this happening. I understand. What does Sonic use to knock on the door? I don't know. Knuckles. Actually. <laughs> oh, you have a question? Okay, well, then since since Sean, you're not part of this for the bonus question, I will kick it to you. All right, so don't hate me. If this is bad, we'll do another one. But No, this is it, man. Whatever it is, whatever it is. In the Super Nintendo classic, A Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, the first bad guy introduced is a sorcerer. What is his name? Frank. Frank. Him. 
That's correct. It is a Hignum. I know that for a fact as well, without even looking it up. So, uh, sorry, we'll Kyle. I had to make it easy. We we'll use that. <laughs> no, last time we needed a bonus question, we spent like thirty minutes trying to find the bonus question. <laughs> so I think. Did you leave the chat? I think, I think Kyle rage quit because because uh, he didn't get it right. <laughs> We were just making fun of you for rage leaving the, uh, the podcast. <laughs> rage, leaving, rage leaving level down games. Rage leaving the podcast. Kyle, you came so close. <laughs> but that was a good bonus stage. Come on now. We had that was the closest we've ever had. Uh, we, we do have Frank taking the win, though, with with three points. But Kyle right behind with two. Sean sitting there with zero. Unfortunately, that's OK. But you didn't get to ask the bonus question. I feel like I kind of won. Man, I knew Jaleel White, dude. I just gosh. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have picked a question from Frank's favorite game. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's what okay. What is Frank's I... middle name? <laughs> <laughs> it's Persephone. It, it, it's Angela, but we don't talk about that all that often. Yeah, we don't talk Angela. about that. <laughs> dude, That's he's a Italian. Great middle Come on name, now. dude. Freaking Italian to the core. Come on now. I just thought it would be something different, you know? Like, uh,. Like Henry or something, you know. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Aunt Angela would be a surprise. That's funny. Frank, you did win though, which means you do get to deliver the final words before the outro. You don't get to deliver a damn thing. If you enjoy, if you if you enjoy good video game content, I want you to head over to Twitch.tv uh, backslash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B R U C underscore D E D U C E. Uh, D E U C E. I can't spell. Extra, That's my problem. E in there. There's an extra E in there. Kyle is a entertainer extraordinaire. I really think you should go check him out. Uh, if you find him boring, uh, twitch.tv backslash Amaranth is always a good watch as well. But uh, oh my gosh. And much like Amaranth, very popular with the guys, Kyle is very popular with the ladies on Twitch. He is easy on the eyes. <laughs> you know what your problem is, Frank? You're a damn nice What's guy. I know. <laughs> I'm a sweetheart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go, go hang out with, uh, go hang out in the Twitch chat of Kyle stream and you're bound to come across some female talking to him. Stop it. <laughs> Every night. <laughs> Don't call him out. They're going to leave. <laughs> no, they man, probably but, listen because they're so obsessed with you. That's, yeah. And that's great because not only does it help us hire on the show, but it helps your Twitch chat. I mean, you know, people are active and that's what you want is an active chat. They're all they're all valued. They're all wonderful. Absolutely, all, all my viewers are wonderful. The whole community is great. So the, absolutely. The best part I just like to make fun every, of every time I tune in, it's a new one. Yeah, it's not no, it's even great. the same one. It's like a He's new one. He's magnanimous. Like, you cannot, <laughs> you can't control this energy. He's a gift. He's a gift to this good. world. It's just shocking, you know. It's like he it's like high school all over again, guys. It it is. If it was high school all over again, it would be Sean that the ladies are fawning over. Yeah, well. Yeah, but that was forty years ago. <laughs> that was back when he had hair <laughs> oh gosh this is not good anymore right, that is uh. gonna do it for this week though we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of max level made possible by leveldowngames.com and thanks again to Woo! dance with the dead for all the awesome music regardless of the podcast service you're listening through be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review especially 
if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Games. Subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, why you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash Games and click that follow button. We're not live often, even though the follows do still help us. If you want to follow someone that is live often on Twitch, as we mentioned previously here on the show. Come on, let's not plug Amaranth at the end of our show. Twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. Okay. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E every Tuesday every Thursday, and then every Saturday or Sunday, streaming a variety of games, Dead by Daylight, Rocket League, sometimes Overwatch, uh, sometimes some single-player experiences like my friend at Pedro, Horizon, things like that. He's always entertaining, an eclectic mix of games. Check him out. He's fun. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next no. week. Maybe no. Until next week. <laughs> Keep painting experience. Until you... Reach. Max. Max. Oh. Oh. My friend at Pedro. My friend at Pedro would be a great game. <laughs> it's like my time at Porsche just wave loaded. <laughs> <laughs>